Welcome everybody to the first and bestest episode ever of Nerds of Oz. It's the bestest episode ever because we haven't had one before. By episode two, it might not be as good, but let's see what happens. Uh, my name's Justin McNamara. I am the uh, runner of a website called The To Watch Pile, which is a horror movie website. And I'm here with my comic-loving pals, Josh and Shane. Say hello, Josh. Hey, how you doing, guys? And Shane. Pleasure to be here. Cool. So basically, we're the nerds of Oz. We're a, a bunch of folks who have fallen in love with comics. And how could you not? Because they're awesome. Um, so we're just going to have a quick run around the table and just introduce ourselves and like talk about what our, uh, what our comic loves and stuff like that are. So Shane, tell us all about your comic collecting. Oh, where do I begin? Wherever uh, you like. I am a straight Uber DC fan. I don't really uh, wear it proudly. I'm just kidding. I'm You've got a Batman shirt on, a Batman watch, and a Batman tattoo. First you can't see, uh, everything and DC. It, and it's a face tattoo. Yes. <laughs> I've also... I talk like this. Uh, that's not a car. <laughs> I also have three very nice Batman tattoos as well that you can see one of. Show everyone. Maybe the sec two later. But what are the other two? Uh, I've got the Joker on my left leg and Batman on the right leg. And I've got something in the middle. What? So, so are they both looking at your dick? I hope so. <laughs> Battlewang. And I also have this one on my arm, and it has my wedding date under it. Nice. Yes, my wife does play a very big integral... Integral? That Either word. one. Yeah, integral, whatever you like. In my comic book collecting. All right. So I'm not one of those uh, guys that say, you know, I started collecting comic books when I was four or five years old. You know, I don't have pictures of me, like, repping the Batman. I do have one of me dressed as Robin, though. And, like, I'm pretty sure it was a Ben Cooper costume. Cool. That shit's rare. I love being Yeah, people. so if I had that fucking packaged... Yeah. Imagine that. Uh, so, i got to say that I get asked this a lot, you know, or where did your Batman, like, obsession lifestyle come from? And I say it the same same thing. I go, it, it was July 18th, 2008. It was... That's specific. It is very specific. What it's, time? Time? <laughs> Probably around midday. I do have a weird. Mm, I, do have, I do have a weird what sort were you of eating that day. Yeah. I remember it like it was yeah. just yesterday. It was my wife's, oh, my girlfriend now wife's birthday. Shout out to Nat. Uh, <laughs> Who Nat? She said to me, she goes, "Oh, I saw this trailer for a Batman movie. I dabbled in Batman in the in back in the day. I thought Batman and Robin from '97 was the best fucking movie in the world." Well, no. I used to see. <laughs> I used to see you. <laughs> Uh, uh, yeah, drinking games for that. <laughs> Hang on, let me finish this beer. Apparently, there was about sixty-five puns, freeze puns in that movie. It's never enough freeze puns. Yeah. Oh, you chill, all right? <laughs> uh, so yeah, I, I I dabbled in the Batman, but I never sort of like you know knew anything about it. So I saw this movie, didn't even watch the trailer, um, and I went in there, and it literally fucking blew me away. And it wasn't because of Christian Bale; it was because of Heath Ledger. It was the Joker. It was, the that dark it was that opening scene in the bank where they're robbing it, all in the clown masks, shout out to Payday, and <laughs> they do the whole, the whole bank routine, and William Fickner, the bank manager, who is the best B-grade character oh, you ever yeah. see in the world, yeah. is just, he's on the ground, he got shot, and he's like, do you know who you're stealing from? What happened to these people? And he did all that, and then the Joker just comes up, and he bends down, and he says, whatever, I believe whatever doesn't kill you. Takes off the mask, simply makes you stranger, and I fucking lost it. it. That movie changed me, and I've been a hardcore collector for twelve years. It's funny. I, I mean, you guys know this, but I'm not the greatest fan of the um of the Nolan Batman films. No. But yeah, I may have mentioned no. it once or twice before. But what I do like about that film 
is the fact that they go back and they actually have the mask that Ledger's initially wearing is the Punchinello mask that uh, Cesar Romero yeah. wore in the original 66, Batman. I think yeah. that's cool that they actually did that. And the filming of that's really nice too. There's some sharp, um, uh, super-duper filming. It like, Was it filmed in 70mm or something yes. like that? Like that, that opening shot where they go from one building to the other. That is beautiful filmmaking, but that's Nolan. Oh. Nolan makes. I didn't like his Batman, but I do like his filmmaking. Yeah, like, and the weird thing about this whole thing, I didn't even see Batman Begins before this. So <laughs> with Scarecrow in that opening scene yeah. when they're doing the drug deal, I had no idea he was in the first one. Yeah. So okay, that's yeah, cool. I didn't know that. So yeah, all no, the Batman lookalikes or yeah, overweight yeah. hockey pants. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, after that, I just, just taking my job. Yeah, <laughs> taking my job. Yeah, yeah, you took your chair. <laughs> So after that, I just decided to start like looking a bit more into it. I heard that there was a comic book store in the city, King's Comics. So Woo, Kings! Yeah, I went in there, picked up just just random comic books. It was a Arkham Asylum Killer Croc number one. Nice. It was just a, a nice artwork, and then I remember sitting at Oi Can Eat Pizza in George Street. Not yeah, there anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember reading it. I'm like, this. I think this is a thing. And yeah. so I would just go on the computer like late at night and I would just like look up all the different um, characters, like A to Z characters of Batman and just gradually started picking up graphic novels and I just just picked off from there. And honestly, like my, my wife is a big part of that. She, you know, she got me into it and she kept, she never judged me on it. And so she's your Batman. Oh, stop it. Stop <laughs> it. And it's got to that point in my life where like everything I do revolves around that character. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, our wedding was a semi-Batman wedding, you know, like... She the, can't blame you then. She, she did this. Uh, she yeah. wanted... I'll show you how... I was, I was, she's, I was, li- she's one of those parents living their, their dreams and goals through you. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's exactly more... I think, it. I think it's more the fact that she's like, at least he's not out there doing fucking heroin or yeah. something like that. Yeah. I'm just, wow. So, so it goes from Batman or heroin. That's the two choices that you have in your life. I'm just mainlining Batman. <laughs> yeah. So... Comes over with bruises, yeah. you know, yeah. wearing some weird shit. Is it, I mean, just, okay. I'm just picture Shane now with this little thing of uh, alfoil up Batman comics and he's just lighting it and just sniffing it up. I'm Batman. Oh, yeah. That's why his voice well, is like that. You're fucking wrong because I would not dog ear my comics. You're kidding yourself. So by two of everything. Yeah, exactly. Here's how much she means to me. She said, I didn't even have to say this. She goes, let's have the Batman 66 theme as our walkout song to our reception. That silence means fuck yes. Yeah. So that happened and yeah, she's just been there through the whole thing and to this day, I honestly, I still love Marvel. Ugh, like Marvel. Wow. Yeah, that was harsh, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. But honestly, DC, I'll always have, that'll be my heart, but I still like other things. It's your first. Cool. It's my it's first. <laughs> it's my first. Thank you, Josh. It's cherry you pop. can like both. It's okay. Cherry Pop and Batman. For Kino West yes. So, Josh, what about you? Oh, what about me? So, um, you've, brought, you've, brought, you've brought a gift. You've got, not a gift, but a, uh, a show and tell thing along with oh, you. So, yeah. his first so guys, comic. if you just want to have a look here. No. Yeah. No. Uh, no. Um, <laughs> I say same as Shane here. Um, I can't say I'm one of those people that jumped in in the past year and were like, "Woo, Avengers or oh, the Justice League." Um, I followed them vaguely from when I was uh, a kid, um, but I I got into comics through my auntie and my older cousin at the time, who just thought they would buy me some cool stuff. And so they bought you Marvel though. No, no, yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, better. I know, I wish. No, I wish. No, uh, so my first comic was like Sonic Egg Hedgehog from back in like 1991, yeah. um, which was like the best game ever. If anyone ever played that, I remember going to before and after school care and the Sega Mega Drive didn't have a bloody save button. So you'd have to play up until when we tried to go to the final boss, leave the console running all day when we turned the TV off and we're like, oh yeah, it's turned off guys. Run back from school in the afternoon and just hope it was still turned on. So, so sorry, hang on. 
how could it be called after school care if it didn't have a save button? That's fucked up. That's um, after school inconsiderate. Yeah. Why don't you use your iPad? Is it is. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah, me in the 1990s with my yeah. iPad. But I, back then an iPad was something you put over your face when you yeah. injured your eye. <laughs> I'm a time traveler as well. Um, yeah, no, so that was the thing. And that just rolled from there. And I was just kind of dabbling from there. Uh, picked up a few issues of that. Um, I remember hearing about Kings. I can't even remember where through um, directly. I was wandering in the city, I think, one day and just went, this place looks pretty cool. Uh, wandered in there. And I think it's, I think what stayed with me the most is the personalities. You get this stereotype of what people are going to be like, but you get this great um, vibe of people just liking what they like and they don't care what other people think. Yeah, yeah same. Um, I don't care what other people think. And, yeah, except for you uh, no uh, and, 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 and you have this great vibe of people who are just like hey man we're here to help what are you after and I'm like mm-hmm. I've got no idea and they're like cool um, let's have a look and, and I got some stuff picked out and I remember um, I think it was just after Iron Man came out in 2008 um, and I was like he seemed like a pretty cool guy um, and I started with that run with Matt Fraction, yeah, um, oh, nice. Nice. yeah. Invincible, Invincible Iron Man, Invincible, yeah. um, where he's like slowly deleting his memory and yeah, stuff like oh, that. And that was some good comics. I was, I picked up like a bunch of graphic novels and the hardcovers for that. And it just kind of stemmed from there. Uh, Iron Man's probably my first that I got into recently. Um, what's your first graphic novel? It's probably that. Probably the Invincible? It's probably that. And then after that, I went back to Ant-Man. Very underrated character. Oh, very, Ant-Man. Very, so good. Uh, very, yeah. Very, you just said like Ant-Man then, didn't you? Ant-Man, yeah. yeah. Very, very easy to miss guy. Um, no. but, but I... Because he's small. Yeah, so small. Um, <laughs> so small. Um, but no, I, I really I really have a thing for Ant-Man and the Wasp. Uh, I love that they're in the OG Avengers. It really shit me when they did uh, 2012's Avengers. Mm-hmm. That they weren't part of it. Oh, I, yeah. I, know, I know they're meant to be part of it. There was... There was was there talks of them being in that? There's one? talks apparently. of them. Oh, really? Apparently meant to be in it, um, and they just didn't. Especially when everyone's like, "But Captain America was in it." I'm like, "He wasn't in the Avengers in that iconic first issue with like Loki, Thor, Hulk." No. Issue um, four. Issue four or five, I believe. Yeah, when he got dethawed and Stark was like the leader of the Avengers. Hang on, he was Thor. Wait, did you say yeah. dethawed? Yeah, he did dethawed. Oh, um, stop that. Um, <laughs> he, they just got to like hair dry and we're like, "Hey, we'll just wake him up slowly." <laughs> yeah. Um, and pull him out of the ice, and then everyone's like, oh, Cap's the leader. And I'm like, eh, you know. And, well, and if you've got the master tactician, you may as well have him. Yeah, I guess you can. Back in those him. days, Iron Man's costume was rung by transistors, and transistors actually don't power anything. But this so. is the world of comics where things don't <laughs> have to make sense, they're just there. Good old shellhead. Yeah, that's Good, it. Old shellhead. Good old shellhead. Do whatever you want. So. Do, do you know it's funny? Um, one of my favorite stories, one of my favorite old sort of Marvel stories is. Um, when uh, Stan Lee and Jack Kirby were developing the idea of the Avengers, uh, Jack actually hated Ant-Man. Ant-Man was in a horror comic and he hated the idea of him. He, Jack Kirby said that was like one of the worst things that he'd ever done. And when Stan insisted that Ant-Man be in it, and I think it came off the back of Spider-Man being so popular, you know, you can't put spider You did want to put Spider-Man in there, but having another insect character. Too in many bugs. Be, too many bugs. Yeah. And, some, and uh, yeah, he insisted and apparently... Jack Kirby was not on board with Ant-Man being in it. So I hear, I think I read that in Jack Kirby Collector a few months ago, but um, I always find it funny that like Ant-Man's such a cool cool character. And, like In the 80s, like all of the stories that they did with him being a wife beater. And... Oh, just because he hit his wife that one time, right, guys? <laughs> yeah. Progression. Okay, yeah. But, no. but yeah, it's, it's interesting that, um, that 
he's come so far and then like those those Ant-Man movies are made hilarious. a robot that wanted to take over the world yeah. like, it, guy people can make mistakes guys that's what we're all here for <laughs> we're not perfect he made Joe Caster and Joe Caster was pretty hot yeah, for a robot chick yeah. I'm gonna bring on that topic of comic book stores because you know I always thought that you know King's Comics was like oh my fucking god this is the best like best place to be you know have to have this that that but I just noticed they were missing a lot of things when I was going in there you know they yeah. didn't have any like really key issues mm-hmm. I wanted to buy one really badly but it's like oh we don't sell them here I'm like so Matt and I um, booked a trip to America and I was like, oh my God, I was looking up all these um, different comic book stores and I found one in Anaheim called Fat Collectibles. And I'm not kidding you, man. It's like I fucking walked into a Christmas store. Like I walked in there and I was like, this place was lit. Like, and I was still a very, very novice like reader. You know, I was just sort of like looking out for art more than any story. Yeah. Um, so I went in there and I just started ripping through DC, DC like Batman, Batman, Batman. No continuity at all with the issues. I just picked out stuff. What looks cool. Yeah, yeah. What, yeah exactly. Out. What looked cool. So I was like... Buy right, by the cover. I had about 60 like single issues. I had no idea what I had. It was just like this, 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 blah, 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 blah. And then I went to the counter. I'm like, oh, fuck. This is going to cost me like $400. The guy's like, oh, are you ready for this? I'm like... He's like, $113. And I'm like... And, you, and you're like at a strip club. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Put your Australian money yeah. in, they're like, whoa, it's plastic. And you, have to, and you go around in circles having that whole discussion with them. And, uh, yeah, yeah, so, like, I just showed, I just got shown how, like, other big comic book stores, like, operate over there. You know, I went to Barnes, oh, um, Barnes and Noble. Borders, sorry. Oh, yeah. stores, before Borders. I got shut Lest down. Lest we forget. Yeah, it's before I got shut down. And I remember, like, distinctly, I was in there and I was looking at comic books, all Batman stuff. And this, like, this kid came up to me, probably about 16, 17 years old. And he goes, I had um, the long Halloween in my hand. Nice. Jeff Loeb. And he's like, oh man, this was sort of tied into the Dark Knight. This is what sort of like did it. And I'm like, he was telling me about it. I go, you're a fucking god, dude. So I, I bought that and I read it like throughout the whole day because Nat was just dragging me to all these makeup stores. She, <laughs> she takes me to the comic book stores first to keep me happy. <laughs> so, so, you, so you can sit on a seat yeah. in, in, the, in the other store yeah. and read your comics, yeah. <laughs> I can sit on the little, the little like $1 plane out the front and just like read on there. So yeah. Like, the angry husband chair that's yeah. in every single fashion store. But you're store. not because yeah. she took care of you first. Yeah, she, yeah. she played yeah, she's smart. smart. Yeah. She played, she played smart. the end game. Smart. She got you happy. Shit, man. The amount of makeup. I didn't, I didn't know someone could buy that much makeup. You didn't even look. You've uh, walked around going, I've got $100 worth of comics. She's got five bags. Yeah. I've got $2,000 worth yeah. of makeup. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, so, was, so uh, my, my comic collecting... I started in about 1974, 73, 74. Where were you at that time, Shane? (laughs) Jesus. Anyway. I mean, your parents are probably the same age as me. Um, Yeah, yeah. My first comic was actually an Iron Man comic, and it was Iron Man versus... Was that Marvel, sorry? Yeah, Marvel, yeah. Um, But around the same time, I was getting... like Basically, how it worked was that my father would take me with him to put petrol in the car every Sunday morning, and I'd get a comic... And they had these little rubber monsters from at the, the spinny racks. Yeah, probably. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and um, <laughs> and then once a month I'd get um, famous monsters of Filmland, which was being imported back in those days by Gordon and Gotch. And so I just I was a kid, so I just got comics at random and I cut them up and I did all this oh, stuff. Yeah, yeah, blasphemy. Yeah, I know, I know. Um, my oh. favourites in those days was probably Aquaman and Shazam. Loved Aquaman and Shazam, nice. and I think Aquaman was in Justice League and maybe Adventure Comics. Shazam might have had his own comic, or he might have been the DC hundred issue specials hundred page specials um but yeah it was just whatever for me and it wasn't until sort of the mid 80s that i discovered the joy that is um is jack kirby and i just started buying jack kirby stuff the demon from dc his second run of captain america which is sort of the mid 70s run that had like the mad bomb stuff and that sort of thing um i stopped collecting the 90s after the image guys got big because i don't like that style of art i don't like that half cartoony 
graffiti influence. Are you talking McFarlane and Jim Lee? McFarlane, yeah. Jim Lee, Rob Lee, Phil. Oh, Rob Lee, uh, Phil. That's, that's another no, topic yeah, for another that's, time. That's a whole episode. Yeah, Don't even get episode. me on Rob Lee, Phil. Um, so those guys, I appreciate that what they did was they revolutionised the industry, but that doesn't mean I have to like their work. No, of course um, not. I guess they spawned. And I probably... Oh, and uh, they were wildcats in those days. <laughs> um, and I didn't come back to comic. I probably didn't buy comics at all during the 90s. Um, and then the early 2000s, I probably restarted my collection with um, some Captain America stuff. And it was about the time of the death of Captain America. Maybe it was mid-early 2000s. And... Um, the art got me, and Captain America. They were writing Captain America like it was a James Bond story. It was like it was, it was a spy story, and it was the art was beautiful. And then I went to Daredevil and started slowly creeping back. and And now I'm sort of, I'm a, a by comic collector. It's just um, I go to the King Comics website every Thursday night, and I just look at what I like. I'll buy covers by Art Stanley Lau, Art German, people like that. I don't actually collect anything specific, but I buy a lot of trade paperbacks and read them. So the individual issues I buy. I just to because I like the covers. Okay. Um, but I do dig stuff like um, what did I get recently? I, um, I think it's Dynamite are doing Vampirella versus Reanimator. You know, I'm a horror movie oh. guy, so it's you know Va- Vampirella versus Reanimator. It's like my favorite, one of my favorite female comic characters, and what, my favorite movie of all time mixed together. And then there's been things like Deja Thoris and Barbarella and stuff like that. It's you know all, all of that sort of thing. Um, and if you could see the room, which you can't, unfortunately, but we're surrounded by movies and comics and records there, and stuff like there that. There is a couple of things, but Dynamite's definitely underrated, in my opinion. Like Agreed. Um, Kevin Smith and Ralph Garman, who I fucking adore. Ralph Garman, if anyone doesn't know who he is, he is an uber 1966 Batman god. He knows every single detail. Yeah, and I've been listening to his podcast with Kevin Smith, Hollywood Babylon. Yeah, yeah. They're so great. Um, and they did their own um, Batman 66 um, one is called Batman 66 meets the Green Hornet and Kato and it's so good as yeah. well like it's just so it's what is what people loved when they were back in that day but just don't like you know people just think about the big two you know like Marvel and DC and they're like oh that's a be all end all there are so many oh, companies out there Dark Horse do amazing stuff yeah. like yeah. Um, <clears throat> Tristan Jones a couple of years ago did this kick-ass alien series which almost made me cry it was so good but yeah, there's a whole lot of um, a whole lot of companies that don't, aren't the part of that big two who just don't get mentioned. They really, really should. I got a backstory how I I met Justin because just the way that I actually like ran into him randomly. So Tinder or yeah, grinder. Yeah, what are you saying? Is that a background? That day, I think you actually had to go talk to people. Yeah, that day. yeah. talk to yeah, people. Talk Ew. Yeah. yeah, so um, like Justin came into our place of uh, retail. Uh, Josh and I both work in a place where we sell movies. And Josh and I worked together at the time, and I remember Justin coming in. I uh, didn't know him at the time, but he was wearing the most coolest shirt I've ever seen in my life. It just said Nakatomi Towers, and it had the picture from Die Hard. Die and Hard. I went right up to it. I'm like, "Where'd you get that shirt?" I think he said Fright Rags or something. Uh, like no, that. I, I, I don't know. I, I think I got that was like the, the last road to nowhere or one of those companies. And but all yeah. of a sudden, you just start like I just go, "Oh man!" Like I was wearing a Batman shirt. You're like, "Oh." Batman, and we just started talking for like an hour, and then you'd come oh, in. Oh, Batman, he's yeah. nowhere near as good as Superman. Oh. <laughs> and we just, started to- we just started talking about an hour or so, and I remember, because Ryan introduced yeah. us. Yeah. Another um, worker at that same store. Yeah, big shout out to Ryan. Big shout out to Ryan. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, we started talking, and then all of a sudden, you know, I'm, I'm coming to your place for dinner, and like a few years later, yeah. with, with, with my wife, and then Josh and I used to always talk about, obviously, who's better, Spider- uh, Iron Man or Batman, and we suddenly come to the conclusion of that. Have we? Have we? Look, yeah. You know, the answer is She-Hulk. Oh, okay. <laughs> Peppermint Patty. Peppermint Patty. <laughs> yeah. 
Cool. I'll, oh yeah, I'll stand by that uh, Batman isn't a real superhero just as much as I'll stand by. That's all this episode, Josh. Oh, I still, I still like the, the the thing that defines what Josh just said. What's your powers? I'm rich. I'm rich. Nailed it. Neil <laughs> Bennett, he doesn't care. He doesn't the fact that I knew that where that was from as well. I'm just like, you know, I know things. Yeah. That I'm Batman. <laughs> like cool. I said, yeah. I'm, all for, yeah. I'm all for inclusion and checking out other things. You said there's multiple different companies and stuff like that. There's, other di- there's hundreds, thousands, millions of different writers and mm. stories out there. Um, buy, buy whatever looks cool. Yeah, Check I it agree. out. Give it a go. If you, don't like, if you don't like the first issue... Sick. You can just drop it like that. If you like it, pick up the trade paperback, graphic novel, whatever it is later on. The Keep rabbit going. holes I've, the rabbit holes I've gone down because of that. I, I'm a devout fan of Mad Magazine. I bought two issues of Mad Magazine this morning. And by extension of Mad Magazine, I got into an artist named uh, Harvey Kurtzman. And by an extension on that, he used to work for Playboy and used to do a comic called Little Annie Fanny. And it's like a, an erotic joke. Sort of a, you know, it's a, a men's magazine joke story, but the art is magnificent um you look it up unless you're under way. 18 don't look it up <laughs> if you're over 18 look it up but harvey kurtzman art and that is is spectacular i'll show you guys some issues nice. later. yeah so i i just want to bring that bring, <coughs> bring that to the table the whole reading of comic books so mm-hmm. you know i i've been called a bit of a fanboy in my time you know like you know, you are. i know it, i only got <laughs> only got brought up a few years ago that i'm just like really just thought myself you know what i actually am but you know, I've got no problem with people saying they love or like or love Batman, but I've got a real problem with, like, I guess I've got a problem with people saying, you know, I've seen the Nolan trilogy, I know what I'm talking about. Yeah. You know, I think that we should have respect for the source material because oh, yeah. it, it did come out of somewhere. Yep. So, like, you know, you know, I love the, the, the Nolan trilogy, but that's not the be-all, end-all Batman. You know, Christian Bale isn't my Batman. No. I, I still maintain Ben Affleck is the, is the Batman. And that's going to cause a lot of controversy, but I feel like, you know, go back and read some stories because there are hundreds of thousands of different articles and stories out there about Batman from the 30s and all the way up from the bronze, silver and gold, like gold age. So, yeah, I just feel like don't say that you really love something like the Dark Knight trilogy and say that that's the best Batman when there's so much other stuff out there. Yeah, I think it's a really cool thing as well that me growing up as well, uh, then finding out about some of these things. So these comics and these characters and stuff. I never thought in my lifetime, uh, let alone Justin over here, I never thought I'd see things like this on... I never thought I'd see the Avengers. I never thought I'd see... Like on screen? On, oh, on screen. Hell yeah. Never yeah. Thought, I, thought I would see things like this because they were things that at school you get bullied for. They, yeah. they were mm-hmm. uncool things. And now you walk down the street and you got a huge bodybuilder guy wearing a Captain America shirt. Um, I think you can thank Batman 89 yeah. for that. I think that Superman was like a surprise hit. And all through the 80s, they tried to do other comic characters. And there's things like the Guyver and Howard the Duck and the 89 Punisher and stuff like that. But I think that that 89 Batman film made people actually go, comics are bigger. Because that was Batmania at that point, wasn't it? Oh, That's what it was coined as. Far yeah. out. There, there even, was Batman on everything. Yeah. Even the MCU. I'm a huge MCU fan. And I, I look into a lot of the old stuff. Um but I don't think any of that could have happened without, like, Sam Raimi's, uh, like, Spider-Man, yeah. the oh, X-Men. Great. Dude, that um, first Spider-Man all, is so all, point. All this stuff, um, <laughs> it, it, it just, it evolves. It evolves and evolves and evolves, and it, and it just keeps going. So I'm all for, yeah. uh, I've got my tickets for Endgame uh, books. I'm counting down the days. But um, we've got people going, and that says their first movie, that their, their, their introduction to wow. the MCU. And I'm like, cool. They're going to be sitting um, there going, what? fuck is going yeah. on here why are half the characters sand people um we don't know um what's going on here and i'm like look when you uh, say sand people do you mean star wars sand people uh, or do you mean made out of sand yeah made out of sand right, like okay. deadpool's cleaning them up with the vacuum I thought Jawas. <laughs> Jawas. yeah Jawas, yeah um 
But as the Russes have said, if there's going to be two things you watch, go check out Civil War, go check out Infinity War. I think War. Civil War and um, the first Iron Man. Yeah, is, is their key what's going to lead into this. But I'm cool with that. I'm cool with new people coming along because yeah. it's only going to make these industries and stuff continue to grow. More uh, nerds. Yeah. 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 Once again, I'm cool, with I'm cool with everyone saying they're liking that stuff, but just when people come back to that, that Nolan trilogy, just yeah. saying that's the best cool. one. Yeah. No. Cool. Okay, we're all done. Let's go to our next bit. We're going to have a look at a little bit of news that's happened this week. Cool, okay. So let's have a look at a bit of the bit of stuff that happened this week, which was pretty interesting in the, the world of comics and comics movies. Um, the first thing I'd like to talk about is the one that's probably the most, um, the most discussed is this solo Joker movie. Now, the trailer, well, the, they, they said it was a teaser trailer. And I think they just said that because of how far it is, but it actually shows a fair bit. Surprisingly shows a fair bit. So, did you guys both watch it? Oh, hyped. So, yes, okay. Shane, very much. It's <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, like, I forget what time it was. 6.30, 6 o'clock in the morning, I knew it was coming out the next day. I was like, I'll watch it when I get to work. Start at 8. No one's there for an hour and a half. I can watch it multiple times. Of course, I wake up to a message from Shane being like, Did you watch six it? o'clock in the morning, yeah. have you watched it yet, man? Have you watched it? It's like, so lit! And <laughs> yeah, silly me, opening up the conversation, so he's like, oh, he's seen it, and he's ignored me. I'm like, It was, oh, also, it was also on my Facebook, by the way. Yeah, he's yeah. posted it everywhere. But yes, what? I have watched it. The thing that pissed me off is that my wife watched it before me. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, because I, wow. I, I got up... Sucker! I got up at 4.30 because I trained at that time in yeah. the morning, and um, I had no time to go on YouTube. So I came home, and I'm like, oh, did you watch it already? She goes, yeah, I watched it before I went to boot camp. I'm like, ah. <laughs> <laughs> Thought we were going to watch it together. Yeah, yeah. No. Justin, yeah. you want to go first I've, in your I've thoughts on that? Yeah, um, I, I think that so far it looks like a really, really interesting movie about someone that's not the Joker. It looks like a really, it looks like a decent origin of a gangster story. Somebody on on somewhere on the internet said that uh, it look, kind of looked like Taxi Driver or Nightcrawler, um, not the X Men, but the one with Jake Gyllenhaal in it. Um, I kind of feel that it it does seem. I mean. There was a, a meme that popped up this morning that, what was it? Yeah. It was creating the Joker in 1989, throw him into Waste of Chemicals. Creating the Joker in 2019, throw him into society. So if that's, I mean, that, that's pretty funny. And, and I mean, if that's, a, if that's a thing that we become, these people becoming bad because of the toxic environment, that's fine. But why is it the Joker? That's true. But that's my only thing about it. Because he so, tells jokes. Because, <laughs> um, and, and I kind of get that the Joker is popular, but I think that if they were going to do a solo movie about a, about a bad guy from Batman. The Joker's so overexposed, that's not where I go. Um, Brian Altano from IGN said that how good would a Clayface movie be? Oh my God. Like Clay, a, a, a ex-stage performing serial killer who's got Bas- a... Basil Carlo. Yeah, who's, yeah. Who's, 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 yeah, like who can dress up as like change his face to look like different people. That's a better story. That's Zaz a is a better story. It's a story of a serial killer who cuts into himself every time he kills somebody. I don't get... Other than the fact that it's the Joker and the Joker's marketable, I don't get why they're doing this. If it's... Warner Brothers have said that they're not really going for a DC universe again. Yeah, so standalone. if this is going to lead into more Batman, like, why are you bothering to do it? It just doesn't... I don't know. Uh, I'll, I'll go and see it. I'll, I'll be, I'm one of those people that's stupid enough to hand my money over whenever this sort of stuff comes out. So I'll be there going... They're going to make money. some money back so they can... So they, maybe they can... Maybe they know it's marketable. Maybe they know that they can go with it, make some money, and then they can invest into something that's a little more, let's say, yeah. risque and uh, something that might be, you know... A, a big adventure for them. Agreed, agreed. And, and, and that's cool. I mean, I'm... As I'll, long as the movie's good. Yeah. Like, I don't want them to just do something because they can. Uh, I really don't think Todd Phillips would do that. He's a very unique filmmaker. He's just directed by Todd Phillips. Yeah, man. From The Hangover. 
Holy shit. And Road Trip and all those like slapsticks. Yeah, road Trip. God, yeah. God so road trip. I don't think he would jump into that sort of movie, you know, mm. like... And that doesn't mean that this movie won't be good or I'll have good, good content to it. It's just, yeah, like I said, first impressions, it, it, it looks good. It, it, it looks me, like it a solid Martin Scorsese film. Yeah, and that's <laughs> he, he's producing it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. really? Yes. Okay. And you got and De Niro's in it. Yeah. What, 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 uh, what, TV what, interviewer. Yeah, yeah. So I think he's just playing a bit part as a TV interviewer, but um, I'm excited. But what I've learned in my uh, 12, 13 years as a quote fanboy, I need to step back for a couple minutes and have yeah. a look at the picture because anything Batman that gets thrown at me, I'll fucking just scream. Well, here you go then. So like, like I said, uh, I, I'm open to everything. Uh, I do have a big uh, interest on Marvel as you do on DC, but me watching this, uh, watching it with a pretty open mind, what interests me in the Joker and what terrifies me as well is as much as I know about him, he's an ordinary guy. He's not super powered. He's not superhuman. He's just an ordinary guy who's... Just, just a, a little day. bit stranger, right? Um, but seeing him, Easy in, seeing, yeah, see, seeing him in Dark Knight and seeing him get pummeled by Batman in this interview room and just keep getting back up, that's yeah. that's terrifying that was me. All, that was all Christian Bale that's, actually punching him. Yeah, that, and just having him keep coming back, having, watching him in this trailer, um, like being beat up by thugs and just dropping to the ground and just laughing and people being like terrified because they don't know what, what's yeah. funny. What's he going to do? Yeah, yeah. They, don't, they don't know what to expect. Yeah. It's not the normal reaction and, he, it, and it changes the, the, the human mind. It, him dancing in that trailer in his underwear in his apartment is fucking terrifying. Yeah. Like, Joaquin Phoenix already knows off the rails. Yeah. Like, people have been like casting him as the Joker but a sort of, of, a, of a Mark Hamill type you know, Arkham Asylum Joker mm-hmm. for years. I, yeah. I got very much that vibe. Yeah. Right? I saw him in his uh, outfit towards the end of the trailer and I was like, this looks like 1960s uh, kind of... It's, I think it's, it's more kind Joker. of a mega mix. Yeah. Uh, it's, you can definitely see where they've kind of gone with little bits. In, in, I, I think saw a lot of Jerry Robinson, like a bit in it as well. Yeah. Just a bit. But yeah, I just... Looks you know. really interesting. I, I, I'm, I'm ready for more... But if that's all I saw going into the film... I was just going to say that. Um, I'm, I'm happy to just watch that and go into this movie relatively blind to enjoy it. I would yeah. love not to see another trailer before this came out. But we, but, but we know that the way that WB and all these like big execs are going to be, they want everybody to be invested in this film. Yeah, so just, just after Endgame comes out, there'll be like a... There'll be a like like um Sony was it Sony did it with Venom just before Infinity War came out the yeah. night before Infinity War starts like oh we've got some Venom stuff that's leaked you didn't leak it you gave it away <laughs> we're we're not stupid come on guys still seen Venom yeah, yeah. <laughs> but put it this way Venom seven eighths of Venom is an amazing horror movie and the last is like a shit superhero film yeah. but that that's the thing as well that suffered with just to quickly suffer with uh, Venom when it was announced it was announced a year before it came out they're like we're making a Venom movie it's coming out in a year from now and then they were given I guess the go ahead for an R18 film yeah. they made this probably what would have been a great film and then they're like oh no we need to cut it down to a PG yeah. rating and they cut out probably a decent proportion of this movie and that's why we're left with what we're left with um, it's a shame and you know like I said if, if you got to see exactly what was filmed and I think with a lot of things you got to see these extended cuts and that I think you'd take away a different idea of them what they may be shown Compared to what doesn't get released and stuff like that. But yeah. What, so, did, what did you th- what did you think about Jared Leto's Joker? I actually really like Jared Leto's Same. Joker. I, I think that to modernize it to be like a, a he's almost like a I don't know like a, a 
a rapping gangster, a gangster yes. sort of a dude, like like not a gangster with an ER, but a gangster with an A. With an a yeah. It kind of makes sense to me to modernise him like that. I get why people didn't like it because the, the damaged tattoo was over. There's the no way, there is no way the Joker would tattoo damage on his forehead. He's, yeah. he's, he's the the final boss of like you go into like you got to come see the boss, and you're like oh god, and you yeah. walk into the office and he spins around in his chair and he's laughing at you with like the cat. You no, know, it's the cat. Yeah, just yeah. just chilling out, being like, hey man, come in. And you're like, oh maybe this isn't going to be as bad as it is, and then you know you just does some crazy shit and you just yeah. like, whoa, whoa. Well, he was the first person to be on the screen after Heath Ledger. So people did have... That's a big yeah. role. And uh, I'll say... a big role. Big shoes to fill, yeah. yeah. Uh, the the thing, that, thing that got me about Leto's Joker was is that his Joker was exactly what you expect from the Joker. But there was elements that was filmed in... Um, who was it that directed it? Um, oh, David Ayer. David Ayer. Yeah. There, there was things about... There's the scene where he's standing in the middle of a lounge room surrounded by a whole pile of guns and, and, and knives and stuff. Baby and clothes. there's baby clothes in there. And it's like, what the crap? What's, what the fuck's he done? Like, like it's, the guns and the knives are like, yeah, standard shit. You imagine piles of money. And you, and you see those you see those pictures on like American news where there's like a guy who's got a full tilt grill and he's... Full tilt grill and he's holding like a gun and a and a bunch of hundred dollar notes and I imagine that the Joker was based on those sort of people but the baby clothes in the corner are a little bit yeah it's a bit like that <laughs> yeah, but, yeah the main thing people need to like to know is that in the Suicide Squad comic books he is not a main character yeah. he's a side character and people were still wanting more of him granted there was a few scenes that were cut out that I really wanted to see like he was when he's um when he's uh, strong army one of the guards at um Blackgate. Yes. Yeah. Um, he's saying, I can't wait to show you my toys in the trailer. And I did not get that. Yeah. Even in the extended cut. And I was I felt I felt cheapened out for it. No, well that's the the manipulation, I guess, of the media these yeah. days. Oh, and the director said the same thing with Endgame and Infinity War, you get all these scenes that they, they have to show you to get you into the cinema, yep, to get the sure. seats, or to or even so to to keep from the movie being spoiled. Um but yeah. that's that's I'm looking forward to it. I can't yeah. wait till October. So speaking of DC, Shazam. Oh. Like who would have ever thought in a million years they would have made a goddamn Shazam movie? I mean, let, let's face it. This is a character who cre- was created a year after Superman, was such a blatant rip-off of Superman that DC successfully goddamn freaking um, sued Fawcett Comics, mm-hmm. ended up purchasing the rights to the character, sat on it for years and then released it. And so, like, Fawcett City is a part of the DC universe and, and Captain Marvel, not her, but him, Captain Marvel's, like... Who's now Shazam? So many people. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm scratching my head and going, God, how do I explain this? Need a whiteboard. Um, and so now he's got a. Yeah, that's right. Here's the map of Shazam. Um, to rename him Shazam was obviously a clever idea. Um, to make a movie of Shazam, and I mean, I think that this comes off the back of not necessarily Deadpool, but certainly the fact that kids love Deadpool. Half of them haven't seen it. Because there's some strap-on BFing in that there's film. Some pegging. There's some pegging. Yeah, it's I, I'm not familiar with the term, straight, but uh, thanks oh. to Shane and your uh, your collection of German scat porn, you know exactly what's going on. Um, no. So the the like to actually have something where we're actually going to do that sort of a comedy superhero, which let's face it, what other superhero do you do a comedy version of? Deadpool works perfectly because let's face it, he's a his whole comics based around that. You could do a... The Joker from The Killing Joke. <laughs> Maybe not. What? Um, Plastic Man. That'd be great. You could do... And they did... After Batman came out in 1989, they did, there was talks of a um, Plastic Man movie movie being made with Paul Rubens. Um, yeah, Pee Wee Herman oh, playing I Plastic Man. I don't think you can do that. I don't think you can do that now. <laughs> well, if he could open his jacket and have yeah. this gigantic stretchy ah! penis. <laughs> it was done in a theatre, maybe. <laughs> in a porno theatre. Um, yeah. I think She-Hulk, you could probably do it as well. 
Um, because her comics tend to break the fourth wall and she talks to... Who would you, who would you put a She-Hulk? You'd probably have to special effect it. Yeah. I mean, I've got a porno of a She-Hulk. And um, China, Joni Laura from She's, the wrestling she, place. She died, though. It was before she died, oh, okay. thankfully. Yeah, yeah. They have, they're not just dragging her body I was going to say Gina Carano again, the chick from Deadpool. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I'd go that. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm hyped for Shazam. I'm seeing it tomorrow night with my wife, so I'm really looking forward to it. IGN, IGN have already given it an 8.8 out of 10 as their review. IGN's reviews... Treat them how do you wish. You, do you think that this movie, though, is potentially more interesting for a lot of DC fans or regular fans, though, is because it's more of a lighter tone. It's not this dark, brooding, Gotham-y underside where it, it is very dark. Like, a lot of uh, Batman stuff is very dark. But this is a, a very, I guess, more accessible yeah. uh, genre to, to a lot of people. Is, well, is it, or is it, like, it could be numerous this is their This is their Ant-Man. Mm. Yeah. This is the Ant-Man. It's unassociated with the rest of the DC universe with just a couple of little nods like the Batarang and the and um, the Batman toys and the, the fight happens in the yeah. toy shop. So there's a couple of nods to the, the greater DC universe. That's all they need. That's all they need. They don't yeah. need to... Marvel's got a universe. Just let them do it. DC They're have successfully done really, really... And like I said, DC have done some amazing single films. Yeah, the animated stuff, yeah. top notch. I yeah. wouldn't touch it. Perfect. Yeah. Richard Donner's Superman. Tim Burton's Batman. Okay, Catwoman's not a good example. Batman vs. <laughs> <laughs> but no, they, they, they do a good job. And, and I think that's what they, they're, they're trying to rush a, an Avengers catch-up with all their friends, the super best friends, all together real quick. They just need to focus on these individual stories. Yes. And if they want to totally. then throw them together later on, cool, mm. no problems. Um, they don't need to play catch-up. Just focus on what they're good at, which is... I'm a, I'm a, I'm a big Shazam fan. You know, like, I've, I watched the serials from the 50s. And like, I don't know um, much about it and yeah, I, I'm excited I, for it. I read Jeff Johns' take on it. Yeah. Jeff Johns is notorious for sort of twisting the universe a bit. So if everyone out there doesn't know the meaning of the Shazam, um, it's Billy Batson. He is an orphan and he gets mystical powers from a wizard. I always pictured a wizard just driving around in a white van. Hey man, just like, hey man, you want some powers? <laughs> yeah. I'm giving you a taste of some yeah. powers. Next, yeah. next hit will cost you a hundred right, bucks. So, yeah, just, so just the meaning of Shazam for everyone out there. So it is the grace of Selena, the strength of Hippolyta, the skill of Aridane, the fleetness of Zephyrus, the beauty of Aurora, and the wisdom of Minerva. Man, they changed that. They that was did. like Solomon, Hercules, Atlas, Zeus. So what? What you didn't Mercury pick up on? I'm, I'm surprised Josh didn't pick up on this. I just did the Mary Marvel Shazam. There you go. Yeah. I, I, so, I'm, 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 I thought, I was going to say, I thought it originally changed. I think I knew a different version so, of that. So, so, the, like, mm. so the Billy Batson one is the wisdom of Solomon, the strength of Hercules, the stamina of Atlas, the power of Zeus, the courage of Achilles, and the speed of Mercury. Yeah. 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 So, um, yeah, I honestly think it's going to be a very nice film because essentially it's like big, but in a superhero yeah. film. Yeah, and but, I think that's really, really clever. Yeah. Super clever. And, and it just so happens that there's a sequel to Big is coming out at the same time, which is funny. Oh, it's not, it's not going to be by Penny Marshall, though. But no, there's no. also a movie called Little. Yeah, well, well, that's the sequel. Oh, that, 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 is that yes. it? Oh, yeah, Little, no Little is the sequel to Big. Rest okay. More or less. Yeah, okay. I yeah. Pe- Penny Marshall will not be around to direct it. Rest in peace, uh, Penny from Laverne and Shirley. Big fan. I'm doing a cross. RP, I don't uh, know what it means, but I'm doing oh, it Oh, anyway. my Lord. But yeah, so ne- next time we're in, we'll have a little bit of a quick chat about, um, about Shazam. Next thing. So they're starting to talk about that, you know, Endgame's coming up, next phase of Marvel Universe, what do they, what do, they do? There's been a couple of strange announcements. Um, Jack Kirby's Eternals, which after how they catastrophically fucked up the Inhumans, I'm surprised that they went for the Eternals, because wow. the Eternals are even more hard to explain than the Inhumans. Yeah, that'll be very interesting, because you're going more, um, I guess, what, galactic side of, yeah. uh, of the MCU. You're going more out of space, and that's... 
if we're comparing, I would say the original Iron Man cap and Thor, I always found Thor to be the more challenging thing for people to pick up yep. on because you had Cap, who's an ordinary guy, kind of uh, thrown into the hero situation and does that. You've got Iron Man, more Earth-based, a uh, bit of an arrogant guy, drinks a lot of booze, you know. Yeah, sort of, just hang on, um, just let me finish this. Clink. Cheers. Clink. <laughs> um, but then you got Thor, who's, you know, mystical, he's out of space, otherworldly, and I don't think you had as much to relate on for a lot of people there, unless you were huge Thor diehard yeah. fans. Um, is anybody there? <laughs> after, there's, there's, after Ragnarok, there's, there's, everybody is. people, people have no taste. Um, <laughs> and, Savage. yeah, out of those three, I think that was the weakest side. And then you had, obviously, you had Guardians take off, doing amazing, and... Um, then you had Thor Ragnarok come out, which I've said uh, to people I spoke to that that tone for that movie when I saw it originally prepared was very dark, was very dark, brooding. Um, Did they reshoot for Ragnarok? Yes, they. they... Well, it was Planet Hulk and Ragnarok mixed together, and those two, like those two stories, are pretty fucked up stories. Yeah, these were very dark stories. Obviously, the success of Guardians One and Two, very much in my opinion, one hundred percent. This movie was changed to benefit that sort of the bright neon colors the soundtrack uh the comedy in it uh some once something justin hates um he'll go on about that Um, exactly doesn't like the new zealand accent doesn't like fish and chips (gasps) i enjoy Um, thor like when he's getting his hair cut by stanley he's like please sir not my hair (laughs) yeah all my power belongs in my hair but yeah i think these movies were definitely changed in influence from that so so to then go and take that eternals side of the thing I, I think it is that a big risk yeah. uh, for them but I think they've done it with Guardians I think now that they've got a bigger backing you'll have the end of the Infinity Saga you'll have a lot of these original characters bowing out some may be returning later yeah. on this new this new team of the Avengers as they do in the comics um, taking center stage you'll have opportunities for new key characters will get introduced who suddenly people will go these are amazing people yeah. and want to know more about and realistically if um which Chris is at the place Thor no fucking hell there's too many Chris's god Hemsworth. Marvel stop casting Hemsworth Hemsworth. Hemsworth yeah so he's really one. Chris, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Chris Hemsworth Chris Evans realistically yeah. if he's no longer able to do Thor because obviously there's a physical toll that doing that sort of thing takes um Icarus is the perfect replacement for Thor so rather than recasting Thor to actually have um Chris Evan, uh, Chris Hemsworth going to being like more of an Odin figure Icarus, oh, Icarus is like a Thor-style. Icarus is sort of a, a character that could replace Thor, and so by in, introducing the Eternals and then having him slip off and maybe become an Avenger, and also Cersei, um, who's like the magician witchy character from the Eternals, she was an Avenger in the 90s, um, and there's an opportunity for there to be a really cool Doctor Strange-type female character in the Avengers. Um, she'd be hot. I was going to say, what about Ascalvish? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, but, I mean, her, yeah. hers aren't so much based in magic. Hers are, like, most of Marvel... I think the reason that Thor sticks out like dog's balls in, in the rest of the Marvel Universe is that he's the only magical character other than Doctor Strange. All of the, all of the characters... But Doctor Strange somehow works in the urban, urban environment, whereas Thor was more like a Conan Comes down from above, in, in a big portal, yeah. controls the environment. Ah, uh, here, have some lightning. So, so you sort of go... You sort of go, Hulk... Well, Iron Man, which was technological. Then you go to Hulk, which was essentially... Earth, techn- gamma radiation. Yep. So, yeah, talking magical. magical, what about Hawkeye? What about <laughs> the fact yeah. that he survives yeah. is a trick in itself. Yeah. <laughs> he has that magical mohawk in the new trailer. Yeah, yeah. looks pretty good. Sick bands. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Um, so anyway, with these new ones that are coming out, um, Shang-Chi, 
or Shang Chai or well, I don't I don't know exactly how you would how to pronounce the name. Um, but Shang Chi was from um, a time in Marvel comics when they did. Um, I guess Stan Lee was sort of copying the um, was borrowing I should say copying from, yeah copying, <laughs> copying borrowing. Um, from uh, what was happening in the movies at the time, which was there was like Chuck Norris films, there was Bruce Lee films, there was the black exploitation films, and you know Luke Cage sort of relates directly to those black exploitation characters. Um, Iron Fist relates sort of uh, relates almost directly to characters like um, like Iron Fist. Um, and then uh, did I say Iron Fist before with black? I actually meant Power Man. So yeah. take that back. <laughs> I mean Power Man with him. Um, and then Shang Chi is still. Definitely a Bruce Lee film. When you have a look at the old Paul Galassi art, he's drawing Bruce Lee whenever he's drawing Shang-Chi every single time. But um, You've got to be careful when you do that now with the whole uh, what Nick Fury and Samuel L. Jackson thing and likeness and likeness. Yeah. And getting cast in movies. Uh, yeah. Make a sick deal if uh, you find someone looking like you in a couple of people. Yeah, that's crazy. right. Yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, that, that's all, the thing that I can't handle about um, Wanted is that um, the main character was drawn as Eminem and the... How, uh, Angelina Jolie character was drawn like Halle Berry so when I first saw that and they didn't look like Eminem and Halle Berry I like had a real problem watching Wanted because I couldn't get them not looking like that yeah, yeah. Um, but so, so Shang-Chi was created by Steve Englehart and Jim Starlin who were pretty big guys in the 70s but the, um, this film like it was announced a couple of weeks ago as being something that might be happening in the Marvel Universe but we've got a director a guy named Destin Daniel uh, Cretton I think it is Cretan maybe maybe not Cretton that would be unfortunate um, but yeah, so this is obviously happening in the next Marvel. I thought Shang-Chi would have been something that would have gone more for a, for the Disney streaming service, but for them to go for a movie with that, I'm stoked. If they bring that sort of 70s style kung fu movie, you know, got to rise up against the man, yeah, I'm all for that. It'll be almost like a revenge flick, I guess, but um, I'm, I'm pretty stoked that they're going to be doing that. Yeah, I'm pretty happy with that. Um, so my last piece of news is something that happened at um, CinemaCon, Maybe it was just in the last couple of days, maybe yesterday even. Disney announced that they're going to do more Alien films. Oh, so Ripley. With, with their absorbing of um, uh, Fox, Fox, yeah, Fox, that'd yeah. be very interesting. Yeah, um, seventy billion can't waste yeah. like that. Yeah. So with, with that absorption, so they get the X Men back and all of that sort of stuff. But the interesting thing is that they've already said, yeah, Alien films. They haven't confirmed that they're going to go for a sequel to um, Alien Covenant. Which is interesting, um, but they've definitely confirmed that more alien films are on the way. They just reboot everything. Yeah. Well, yeah. Where, where do they? I mean, this was the thing I always found frustrating with the alien films is that you don't need Ripley in every aliens film. They're called aliens. They're not called Ripley. If you could have Bill Paxton in every one of them, you would. How does Disney not have a fucking cure for like bringing people back from the dead? Well, they could, well they couldn't bring back Walt, could they? He's still a head in a box. He can, he, he can stay there. Just bring Bill Paxton back. <laughs> yeah. Game over, Game man. over, man. They're coming all over the place. God, I hope that was his last words. Oh. No, it's like, do you want to go back to Titanic Rose? <laughs> <laughs> God damn it. So yeah. So anyway, that's that's what's happening in in that sort of uh, place at the moment. We might um, we've all got a pile of comics here, so we might have a look at a a couple of comic reviews. Okay, friends, let's have a have a look at some comics and stuff that we've bought in the last couple of weeks. Um, I might actually start this time. I um, I picked up a taking influence from Josh's first comic being a good old Sonic the Hedgehog from Archie's. I picked up Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Now, I've always been a fan of Sabrina. The reason, honestly, that I picked this up is because it's got an Adam Hughes cover. Um, 
If you're listening to this and you have access to a computer, type in Sabrina the Teenage Witch Adam Hughes. This cover is beautiful. It's a very sexy Sabrina. I mean, she's not sexy. She's a teenage girl. So she's like definitely not sexy Sabrina on a broom um, flying above Greendale, which is the town next to Riverdale. She's not actually a Riverdale denizen. Um, so this is actually written by Kelly Thompson. Um, Kelly Thompson was nominated for an Eisner Award for the run on Hawkeye that she did. Um, which is a pretty amazing bit of Marvel comic writing from maybe five or six years ago. It's stunning. She's also a novelist and she wrote um, The Girl Who Would Be King. Um, but the art in this is, is really something special and it's something special because of the process that was gone to doing it. It's not done in the old Dan DiCarlo style that Archie used to be done in. They've dumped that. Um, and it's drawn by a, a couple, um, a married couple, Veronica and Andy Fish. Now, the interesting thing about these guys is, is that um, they're both like proper artists. You oh. know, like they're gallery artists. Bougie. You know? yeah, yeah. Just let me sip my Chardonnay yeah. because I'm an artist. Um, Veronica actually uh, teaches at the Worcester Art Museum. Like, So they're like proper art art. I'm not saying that comic's not proper so art. So they would never like... associate themselves with this sort of... Yeah. Lower tier <laughs> art form. They've yeah. with themselves to draw comics. Oh, um, no. But the, the cool thing about it is, is that um, so Andy Fish actually did the layouts, and his his ability to tell a story through through panels is stunning. Um, there, there's a real nice flow to the comic. It's really clever. Like it's not until you actually really start to look at it as a comic that you see that there's a really cool flow to it. Um, and he also did the blocking of the colours, so it's um. So he sort of, after she did her art, he laid down where the colour blocks should be because that was integral to the flow of the, the, flow of the, um, the, the panels. Um, and uh, Veronica Fish actually did the, the art itself. Um, and it, it's a fun comic. It's not like the, um, what's the dark one called? The, it's the TV series is based oh, on it. The um, something Tales of Chilling Tales. Chilling Tales of Sabrina. So, yeah. so it's not dark like that. It's not like, Marvel, uh, like Archie's horror line. It's not like the... Um, Afterlife with Archie and Jughead the Hunger. It's it's not serious. It's a light teenage girl look at witchcraft. Um, and yeah, and it's just fun. It's um, I can honestly say that I haven't regularly bought an Archie comic for thirty years. Um, but I can see myself getting more of this. And and if there's more art like like that on the cover, sorry, I'll just hold that up to the microphone so you can see it. Hmm. Um, if there's more art like that on the cover, I'll definitely be continuing with this for sure, hundred percent. So Shane, what, did you, what, did, what have you grabbed this week? Oh shit, it was an exciting week. It was a very exciting week. So uh, this year is Batman's 80th anniversary. So, Jesus Christ. Yeah, first appearance was Detective Comics 27, 1939. I was born then. Um, and so every a lot of really high um, comic book artists and writers got together and they did collaborations and variant covers. Cool. I think it was about 10 or, uh, 9, 10 or 11 um, different covers that they did. So you had people like um, Brian Michael Bendis, you had Jim Lee, you had Frank Miller, Michael Cho, um, Alex Sinclair, Kevin Smith, um, as well. Cool. He, uh, he did the writing on one of them. So I sort of cherry picked a few of the covers. Um, they are eighteen ninety five each. Ooh. Yeah. I know in America they're probably about nine bucks a pop, but obviously yeah. they're thicker though, aren't they? They're yes, like, they're, yes, not, they're yeah. not like a 26 page. Oh comic. no, they are thick. Have they got ads in them? No. Okay. Absolutely, so, absolutely no ads in them at so all. So you're looking at like a, a fairly soft sort of a um, tray paperback sort of looking thing. Oh, there is no way I was going to get a few of these babies. So uh, the first one, the, the three I got are Detective Comics. Uh, obviously, they're all Detective Comics, but the one I got by Frank Miller especially, um, it is the cover of The Dark Knight Returns from 1986. It has the grizzled Batman coming out of the fight with the mutants in the mud yeah. with Carrie Kelly. 
Robin on his shoulders. It is a gorgeous cover. And one of the stories I actually read in there, it's called I Knew. So it's set in the future where uh, Bruce Wayne's basically on his uh, death chair. It's got a death chair. Death chair. Wow. So Oswald Cobblepot basically has tracked him down just to tell him that he knew all along that he was... Uh, Bruce Wayne. That's cool. He's saying that... Um, There's always that one person who's yeah. like, yeah. oh, now, yeah. you know, I've got to just tell you now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, it's called, yeah. so it's called I Know, and it's actually written by Brian Michael Bendis. Guy gets a bad rap. I, I've mm. been enjoying... No, he's moved over to DC from Iron Man yeah. and uh, Marvel. And he's done some there. good Superman stuff. So, so really cool yeah, stuff. I'm, I'm really enjoying him. Uh, so it has, yeah, it has also Cold Pop basically just uh, strong arming uh, Bruce Wayne on the end of his life saying, hey, I knew all along. And it's saying that they used to get all together like as villains and he was basically like, who has the, who has the money, who has the, the pool to be Batman? And he figured it out, but he never did anything about it. And then Bruce Wayne electrocutes him in his, electric, in his chair that he's in, his mobilized chair. And he's, apparently he's rendered catatonic. He was not supposed to speak. And then he basically says, I knew. I knew that you're a coward. That's why you could never kill me. And then he's getting dragged away by um, Bruce Wayne's bodyguards. But the ending's a bit weak. All Bruce Wayne says is, good visit. And then it sort of ends. <laughs> oh no, I like that. All right, yeah. next one. Let's go. Yeah, yeah. yeah sorry. Yeah. yeah, visiting hours are between yeah. two to four. I would. <laughs> I would. I would have loved if he said good visit, old chum, or something like that. Yeah, yeah, just something like that. Uh, the next one I did get was uh, it was a cover of the Detective Comics sixty nine from nineteen forty. <laughs> sixty nine. Yeah, nice. Um, it's by it's by Bruce Tim. And it's an absolutely gorgeous cover. It has the one of the Joker with his two pistols looking over. Um, oh, that. the genie Joker. Yeah. Yeah, and nice. It's, yeah, it's absolutely. I haven't had a chance to read it yet, but like just this cover alone I bought because it, it just looks gorgeous. Um, Bruce Tim was obviously the. Him and Paul Dini created uh, Harley Quinn and they created the Batman animated series. Yeah. So, what a series. And yeah. from there, you've got a million Harley Quinn cosplayers. cosplayers. Yeah. It makes going to Comic Con interesting. It does. Yeah, you know. especially when you see the daddy little monsters everywhere. Oh, it's funny. You can create, what, uh, a character, what, for just, uh, like, a, a, what, a cameo or a tiny little role in the animated exactly, series. And then, that's then, exactly what it was. And then just something clicks, and it takes off, and... It was... Ha- a mainstream Ar- character now, It was right? Arlene Sorkin's voice like, of, of um, Harley Quinn that made people interested, you know? Hey, Mr. J. Oh, I did her, did oh, her. Don't ever do I that did her again. justice My there. My God. It was, it was her voice I got to do it. And there, but there's been so many other good, um, other good like iterations of Harley Quinn's voice. You know, you've got Tara Strong. Yeah. I'm not going to say that the, the lady from Big Bang Theory, Melissa Rourke. Melissa Rourke, I think Rourke, it is. Yeah, she, she was in the Harley Quinn Batman movie. It was a bit rough. Oh, Penny's thing. playing her now as well. In yeah, the in the yeah, new yeah, Harley yeah, Quinn series. series yeah. yeah. I, I didn't mind Melissa Rourke's, but I think it's more, I think I just got hyped on the actual, um, the actual story of that one was really good. And her tying Nightwing to her bed and having her way with him. Her fighting in the backseat of the Batman <laughs> And Batman's like, it smells like justice. <laughs> <laughs> it's on Netflix now and I'm still just like, uh. And still, she does that. Um, the thing that gets me with that one is the um, they go to the villain's lair place. Yeah. And there's like the Felix from Batman 66 and the <laughs> twins from, you know, there's a whole pile of old Batman. Nothing to do with what I just said, but if you want to watch a great fucking Batman uh, movie, watch Batman and Scooby-Doo Brave and the Bold. I lent that to you, didn't mm-hmm. I? It is so fun. Like, um, I was watching it the other night and I could not get the Joker Richter screen off my face. Like, it had <laughs> Plastic Man, it had Aquaman just being an absolute twat. He didn't, like, he was basically piss-taking himself. Like, so they were versing all these villains on, like, a dock. And Batman's like, quick, Aquaman, get your hydro, like, something. And then he's like, yes, I'll get the hydro, blah, 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 blah. Because he didn't know what he's saying. He's just acting like the, like, like, just like the blonde. It was, it's, it, 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 What was it, a himbo? 
Yeah, it was just fun. So is, is Brave and Bold Aquaman got the long hair? No, he's got like the really like pulled back, like, you know, nice like... Um... So it's like Super Friends. Yeah, Super Friends one, yeah. And just Diedrich Bader as Batman is just... Ugh, he's so good. Oh, really? Yeah, from Office Space. He's got that awesome deep voice. Yeah, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm keen for, what, Ninja Turtles and, and Batman. Yeah, and Batman. Yeah. Yeah. That very, looks very cool. Kinks. Well, the next one of those animated ones is actually Justice League versus the Fatal Five. That comes That's out. That comes uh, out next week. Next week, yeah, next yeah. week. That and Aquaman, is that right? Yes. Uh, 17th. Same week? 17th. Yeah. Uh, no, next week. Yeah. Uh, sorry, two weeks from now. Two weeks from now. So excited. So excited! Yeah. Josh, what do you got for us? Um, I've got a collection of everything because I like to one-up everyone. No, um, no, I didn't have anything, uh, any small issues come this week. Mm -hmm. So, uh, I actually got a very belated, uh, Christmas present. It's now April. Uh, Christmas is in December, as always. Shout out to Jada. Yeah, uh, (laughs) Jada and Simon, thank you for, uh, eventually getting around to it. But no, I got a, uh, a huge collection of, uh, it's the Marvel, uh, Rise of the Superheroes. So it's iconic stuff from the past 30 years. Uh, broken down into by month and by year. Um, but then you get all these key issues and how they shaped and changed. Um, Shane just getting a refreshment there to keep himself going. Uh, Dry mouth syndrome. All, all, these, all these cool things that happened and what would shape the future. But then also uh, real time down the right-hand side panel of the uh, pages, um, what was happening in that year at the time in politics, in TV, pop culture, things that then obviously went on to shape more of these ongoing issues. Or were influenced in these. Um, and then I've got a bunch of really, really cool covers towards the back of, of all these cool things that are referenced throughout as well. Um, so is this a DK book? Uh, yeah, it is. Yeah. D- DK, DK they're, they're, all of their encyclopedia is awesome. I've got, a, really nice. I've got a Pirates of the Caribbean one. I've got an Indiana Jones one. I think yes. behind you on the shelf behind you, Josh, is a Conan one. Um, yeah, and I've been buying, awesome. I've been buying those things for years. I, I think they're great, just for the art. Look the at collection. that Dark Phoenix. <gasps> that's crazy. Yeah, that's a um, a Greg Land one. Does that say Greg Land? Sure yeah, is. I love Spot Greg on. Land. You've oh, got to love nice. a guy who basically just gets photos of models and porno stars and basically <laughs> traces them. I'm, Sorry, I'm Greg. I don't mean that. that. I love you. Um, I'm just cheersing him right now. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Click. Yeah. How many cosplayers do you see do that amazing Spider-Man cover of? Yeah, everything everything from WonderCon to Pornhub has Mary Jane Parker wearing that. I'm straight interested though. <laughs> I, I, I said this to you yesterday. I'm like, I would love to start reading Fantastic Four. Mm. I, like, I feel like there's so many great stories out there, but they just haven't been done right for the screen. Oh, they, um, I think the problem with Fantastic Four is, is that there's a dynamic. In I, the, I think about to say Josh Trank. Yeah, there is Josh Trank. <laughs> what's but... really good now is, well, in case you didn't know, uh, Disney have just recently bought out Fox. So... Yeah. Um, Mickey Mouse is on his throne of like skulls right now, like, ha ha, ha I don't know all the yeah. um, Just laughing oh, into his grave. Yeah, that, I don't know. And that, that, that's a good thing and a scary thing as well because it, it can bring creative freedom, uh, but it also, I feel, can might restrict it in terms of them then maybe monopolizing the market. So and... Bart, Bart Man will come into, um, oh, uh... so come into fucking Endgame. <laughs> He'll or, save the galaxy. Or Man. Well, that's Duff the thing, right? I want to watch Endgame and have a good, serious, like, finale to what I'll say is the Marvel saga, like the Infinity saga so far. Knowing that then Deadpool can pop up in future movies, break the fourth wall, and then just joke on all the seriousness that he's been the past 20 years does worry me a little bit. I think it needs to be handled really right. Uh, but, like I said, I, I have a lot of faith. And Kevin Feige and the big heads at Marvel. I've got a lot of concern about Deadpool coming into mm. it, though, because we're, we're talking about a company as well. I'm, I'm sorry, Disney. I do love you terribly, but um, this is a company that basically won't make any more Slave Layer stuff. And, like, they say it's out of respect for the fact that, um, that Carrie Fisher Carrie didn't Fisher. like it, but it's something that you go to any convention 
and there's so many women and men dressed as slave layer. I'm wearing the slave layer outfit what? right now. What? Sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm well, glad you guys can only hear this. Question, <laughs> question though, what was Carrie Fisher worried about? Like, was she just saying that, like, it's tight uh, uh, in it? Maybe she was just uncomfortable. She's in, like, every Kevin Smith movie ever. Like, <laughs> I, I, I actually think that she was a young actress and you do what you got to do. And I guess George Lucas said to her, there's a room over there, put that on. Um, maybe there was no discussion. Maybe she didn't, maybe she didn't think that it suited the character. But I mean, it, and, and I think the point of it was is that it, it didn't suit the character, which is why it was so important for Princess Leia to be treated as a slave. Um, that's just me. And she looked amazing in it. Like, she looked really I'm, I'm really sorry, but she looked really, really she amazing. She looked nice and like... Like thick, like T-H-I-double-C. Jabba the Hutt. <laughs> Jabba the Hutt in that scene. Fuck. He was thick. But, um, and this is something that concerns me about Deadpool. I mean, Disney have gone on record at some point and said, well, we're going to maintain the way Deadpool is because of the popularity. But Disney's but, yeah. very family friendly. James Gunn, what? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I, oh, that'd be very interesting. I, I'm so concerned about that part of it is to, like, maybe they'll just say, yeah, that's a great film that you've made, guys. So let's just clean it up and wipe it back. Can he say darn instead of fuck a couple of times? Mm, fuck that. I, fuck think, that. <laughs> I think if they're smart, they'll keep it. They'll throw some Easter eggs in there. They might have a cameo. They might do what they did with, like, Homecoming. They'll have Deadpool as the key character, maybe then, with an Avenger or two turning up. They have yeah. Colossus. Mm-hmm. You have that sort of... A special guest appearance for a few minutes type thing, but to then throw them into something that they've worked on for so long and having all this continuity and yeah. all this seriousness to it that the fans want to see, I think would just cheapen it to a yeah. to a degree. Um, there's plenty they can do with him. I don't think they need to then throw him into everything. So after after Endgame finishes, yes. do you want them to keep to build something else, or would you rather just see standalones? Because you're like, as you see with your big encyclopedia, there is a fuck. I have all the knowledge right in front of me. What they will do? No, the tome. I think in I think DC and Marvel should stick. Stop! Stop building for a bit. No. Yes and no. They they need to focus on their individual stories. They need to build up these characters that people care about. They can't just whack them into a movie and go. You need to like this person. Here's some merchandise, and people like Justice League. What the hell? What the hell am I following right now? They introduce three movies, the three characters, like three key characters, and that, and you're like. There's an overload, like uh, Age of Ultron. I really, really like Age of Ultron, but the fact that you threw in two characters as Easter eggs at the end of one movie and then into this movie for, what, eight to 12 minutes, like mm. Hawkeye in the first one, to then later, spoilers, sorry guys, but they killed Quicksilver off. No one cared. Yeah. No one had that time to bond with him, to get to know him, any of that. I was kick-ass. So. I, find, I find Marvel do that a lot too. Like I, I was Black Panther. Like now, I'm not, not the greatest fan in the world of Black Panther. I don't think it's one of the worst Marvel films, but I don't Racist. think it's right up there. <laughs> what? Um, That's but, the world we live in now, guys. Yeah. That's Jackie Robinson. Well, yeah. man. That's Chadwick Ch- Ch- Boseman. My, my my issue with that film was is that they'd set up Ulysses Clown, and we're talking about Claw. We're talking about the Marvel villain Claw. And King, they gave King, him King Kong Golem. Yeah, yeah. Like, like, and they gave him the goddamn sonic arm to kill him off. Like he should have at least made it didn't to Wakanda. Yeah. Didn't, didn't expect that. He at should all have at least those. made it to Wakanda. There should have been a, a joke of him being his, him being Killmonger's man, and then be have the shit beaten out of him by. Preferably Shuri. Oh, or, Shuri. Or have, have him in Nakia. that final fight and then be like depowered by someone who also knows tech just as much as Shuri. Just pull the arm straight off him and beat him to death with it or something like that. I think Killmonger killing him, it was just like bad guys kill each other all the time. It's nothing interesting. It's always like, you have failed my mission. Boom. 
that happens so often and it was just so boring to have him actually get to Wakanda. He was just used as a plot device to be like, hey, here's my entry ticket into yeah. Wakanda. And the, he, all he had to say was, hey, go check out the birth records and, uh, you know, you'll, you'll do a blood test, you'll find out. But instead it's like, hey, i got to kill this guy off because... And Circus proved again that he can do an accent. Yeah. That was the that best. South African accent, yeah. Next, yeah. next oh, I just wanted him to say, do not be friends with the prawn. The prawn is not your friend. Shuri, though, I could watch some movie with her all yeah. day. She's, She's so, so funny. funny. Yeah. Like, so what funny. are those? And so, yeah. like, so, like, um, not just such a good character, performed so well by such a young actor. Like, she nailed that role. She was funny. She was warm. The, the relationship between her and Black Panther, like, the different way that they would salute to when it was just the pair of them she, together. It was like a casual sort yeah. of brotherly, sisterly yeah, thing. Yeah, it was nice. Beautiful. Like, so yeah. they, you, they, that felt like there was history there, and that was something that was done really well in I always thought it'd be like, if, like, so if Iron Man does go down, all right, if, if he does. Don't get me wrong, guys, I'm a huge Iron Man fan, but I was ready for Iron Man to die in Infinity right. War. I was so, ready for that. I'm... I would love if Shuri became the inventor. If she was that side person, that she was could like, take on the role as exactly Iron, as, they as Ironheart. Ironheart. Oh, they could do. There that. you go. Yeah, like you know, she's just the inventor. But like, God, she's just so funny. Yeah. Like, I want to start reading those Shuri comics just for her. Yeah. And who who was the actress's name? I got to look. Uh, I actually don't know. I actually don't know. But she's amazing. I can't pronounce it, so I'm not going to butcher it. <laughs> uh, Shane's going to look that up now. Um, but yeah, um, that that movie was. Very good to get some people into some into further yeah. roles as well. Shane's looking at me like he can't Sorry. announce that to save his life. Um, let's have a look at this. Letitia Wright. How hard is that? I was gonna say Letitia Wright. <laughs> <laughs> Two lefts and Letitia. Right. My bad. Um, yeah. So I I liked the movie. I saw it at the end of its run after all the hype. Yeah. So I was a bit sort of like, uh, okay. Like, but just Killmonger and like, I just wasn't attracted to the role. I wasn't invested in T'Challa as much as I wanted to be because I feel like he just had everything straight away. Yeah. We, we talked about this before the podcast about how in Civil War, actually, Josh, I'll let you go on to that. Yeah, Civil War, he, uh, he just turns up and he kind of, very much it seems that he's uh, going to be trained up to be the Black Panther. He's his dad's, you know, right hand man. He'll be there to eventually take over for his dad. Uh, dad goes down and all of a sudden he's the Black Panther, literally next scene, wearing the suit, has the powers. Um, where did all this come from? Not to say it's a, <coughs> it's a, it's a plot hole or anything like that, but you know, did he just, does he just keep a little purple herb in his back pocket and just, just in case of the emergencies, you know. I'm just popping out the back for some herb. Crack out this, <laughs> smash it, you know, Black Widow has that little talk with him and like, you can't do this, go, don't go chase after him. He's like, yeah, all right, you know, swallows this down and goes for a little run through, a, you know, the M5 to go chase down. The M5, yeah. <laughs> you know, just to go chase down. Um, there, there isn't Mrs. a Marvel Soldier. hero brave enough to no, run down yeah. the M5. No. The M5 <laughs> to Wakanda. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't know if he brought his, uh, you know, his toll tag or yeah. whatever, but, you know, just chasing the down type thing. So. Yeah, very interesting there. Yeah. Get that man a shield. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, well, it wasn't good enough in, you know, Infinity War, so. So I'll just um I'll just quickly throw out my last thing. There's a DC have actually got a new imprint. Now, DC have done. Um, have done imprints before. They did um, something years ago called Impact where they got the old Archie Red Circle characters like Legend of the Shield, the Fly, the Web, the Comet, the Jaguar. And they've tried these little experiments. Marvel's done it too. They had Star Comics and they had New Universe several years ago. Um, and DC are trying again. It seems to be a more uh, teen-centric um, comic series, comic universe. 
that takes place with, as, as a sub-universe within the DC universe. So the characters in it are actually... They talk about Superman, they talk about Batman and stuff like that, but they actually um, don't seem to associate with them so much. So the first one's the Wonder Twins. Um, Zan and Jaina from uh, Super Friends cartoon from the 70s. Um, they're from another planet. They click their fists together. He can turn into any form of water, so he can turn into ice and stuff like that. It's like Captain Planet. Kind of, yeah. yeah. Um, and she can turn into any animal. So it was always... the They have a pet monkey called Gleek as well. And so the thing always was is that she'd turn into a giant hawk. He'd turn into an ice gondola. She'd pick up the ice gondola and... Uh, Gleek would sit in the ice gondola. Are they wearing rings or anything? Or is it just no, like... they just, it's just the, their powers are activated. And they're brothers by them. and stuff. Yeah, by oh, them doing a, the fist bumping. That's a powerful bond. Yeah, yeah. So um, there was Wonder Twins, which is beautifully drawn. Um, and really, it's... Um, who's it written by? It's written by Mark Russell, who um, wrote... He, he actually rewrote the Bible for a modern day, and it's called God is Disappointed in You. It's like a millennial Bible. This sounds great. Pretty funny. Um... Drawn by Stephen Byrne, who used to do Serenity with Joss Whedon for, I think, Dark Horse. Um, and then the other one I got was one called Dial H for Hero, which is a weird character from the 60s or 70s. And basically what they used to do is, is that readers could actually write in with a drawing of a superhero. And the way Dial H for Hero works is you've got a dial, you, you type in the word H-E-R-O on the dial, like an old um, rotary phone. Rotary phone, yeah. And um, you would become a hero at random. And, and fate would give you whatever powers that you would need to fight that battle. Bring, bring that, that shit back. Yeah, this sounds like the 60s, 70s version of what Ben 10's now based on, except he didn't just yeah. get to choose. He, he just goes, here you go. Yeah. Bring, bring that shit back. Uh, Come on a, now. Well, one, of the characters that, uh, one of the characters that one of the heroes turned into was Zeep the Human Sponge, and his powers were he could absorb water. Is there a timer on this, or does he get to, can he choose when to turn yeah, back? Yeah, I, I think it's an hour. I think it's kind of like Owlman, but Owlman like popped a piece of meth and then turned into a superhero for an hour. If I could have a little pill like that where I turned into a superhero for an hour, that'd be fantastic. Well, you'd think you're a superhero. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Jump off a roof. Yeah. I, I have that 24-7. <laughs> yeah. um, so this is written by... Uh, Dial H is written by Sam Humphreys, who um, the co-host of um, DC Daily, and he did a little bit of Uncanny Avengers. Um, the art's done by Joe Canonies, who um, did Howard the Duck a few years ago. So it's really nice art, but it's not over-rendered like comics that are aimed at an older age group um and it's just fun like in, in the first issue of wonder twins the race that the wonder twins are have a th when lightning comes in the sky it puts every single male member of the population in heat like in a good way like they just want to root anything Sick. right so whenever there's a lightning storm and um they haven't experienced a lightning storm and and the Justice League have put them in school to sort of, you know, try and get them to work in, have a secret identity and all of that sort of stuff. Unfortunately, that day there's a lightning storm and um, Zan turns into this root rat and just wants to fuck everything. And Shane picks it up to have a look at the root ratery. And how old um, is he? So he's 16 and 17. Yeah, he is. Um, so, cool, so puberty, that's all it is. Yeah, cool. yeah, yeah, it's kind of like, and, and, and he's sort of talking about how embarrassing it was to have that happen at school. So um, they are fun comics aimed at a younger age group um, a real blast. Um, I, uh, if Wonder Comics go, I, I don't know what other characters that they could pick because they seem to be picking odd ones. Um, but I would be stoked if they continue with more of these sort of young readers. And, and you know, I know I'm not the age group, but um, any any comic that has a bad guy called Praying Mantis um, is a, a pretty as a bad guy is a pretty good one. And there's another guy called the Scrambler, and the symbol on his chest is an egg. 
Like that's that's some funny <laughs> shit. Like, it's, How yeah, do you like your eggs? Yeah, it's, scrambled. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I can't recommend Wonder Comics enough. It's an imprint of DC, but yeah, pick that shit up. Okay, so how about we have a little bit of a, a little bit of a look at um, a movie that we've all seen lately. Um, this is going to hurt Shane because it's a kick-ass Marvel movie, but the way he gets away with it is is that it's not technically Marvel; it's Sony. It's produced by Sony, yeah. And uh, we're talking about Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. Spider-Man, now, Spider-Man <laughs> does what it is. You'll hear that theme, yeah, many times throughout the actual movie. Hell yeah, yeah hell yeah. King, King um, King. So. If you don't know, and, and just, just as a warning, we'll probably end up being a little bit spoilerific in here. So if you haven't seen it, you might want to uh, jump forward 20 minutes or so because we're going to be rabbiting on about this for a few minutes. Um, so the story is about Miles Morales. He's the son of a New York cop and an EMT. He's bitten by a radioactive spider while he's doing some graffiti. That's um, you. Yeah, interesting, interesting take. Yeah. Um, he sees Peter Parker killed by the kingpin because he starts developing spider powers, so he goes back to collect the body of the spider. He finds that he is near a hadron colli- a large hadron collider where the kingpin is trying to... Uh, open up the multiverse. Op- open up the multiverse so he can try and... Uh, bring, bring back Vanessa. Replace and... his wife and son. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, it's, uh, it's Peter Parker who's used as the sample for the hadron collider... And so a bunch of spider people from other realities appears, and including that is Spider Gwen or Ghost Spider or whatever you want to call her, um, Spider Ham, SPDR, and Penny Parker, Spider Man Noir, and an older and more cynical Spider Man who's actually Peter B. Parker. And fatter. And fatter, yeah. Um, <laughs> so the unfortunately the transdimensional travel is actually um, injuring these people, so they can't spend too long in their ultimate universe. So they've got to be sent back, and it's all about. This group of spider people learning to work together and then going up against bad guys like the Kingpin, Green Goblin, Tombstone, a revolutionary Dr. Octopus, who's pretty amazing. Scorpion as well. Scorpion's in it as well. A, a Hispanic Scorpion. Yeah. <laughs> El Scorpiono. Tombstone. Tombstone, yeah. yeah. Um, so, And the, the cast is really cool. Um, Shamik Moore plays Miles and he's got this warm, real um, emotional sound to his voice. He's a really, really interesting person to pick. Um, Jake Johnson plays Peter B. Oh. Parker, which is the older chubby. He reminds me of like a um, Bruce Campbell or yeah. someone like that. He's got that sort of comedy. He's also from New Girl, and he plays Nick in New Girl, and he okay. is one too. of the funniest dudes I in the fucking that. world. Okay, he is, cool. oh, his voice um, is amazing. So Haley Stanfield, where was she from? You guys, Stanfield. She's from Pitch what, Perfect uh, Three. Uh, uh, Age of Seventeen. Why are you looking at me when you say that? Um, because you watch no, all of these girly you, teenage shows. You watch shows. movies, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I watch good things like um, I Love Lucy. <laughs> no, yeah, she's she, a singer too, as well. Okay, yeah. cool. So she's she plays Gwen brilliantly, and, and I might just add that the design of Gwen is quite possibly the greatest thing about this film. Um, John Mulaney, the comedian, plays John Mulaney Spider-Hand. is hilarious. If you haven't watched Comeback Kid on Netflix, watch it now. It is hilarious. There you go. Um, so Kamiko Glenn plays Penny Parker, and she plays it brilliantly. It's it's done totally kawaii. You know, it's it's all of that throwing a couple of Japanese words as she flips around backwards and her eyes go wide and a bubble pops out of her nose if she falls asleep and all that sort of stuff. Um, and of course, Nick Cage, the legend. Um, he uh, he plays Spider Man Noir and he plays it brilliantly. Like he should have been born in the 19- he should have been around in the nineteen thirties, 
And then you've got people like Zoe Kravitz plays Mary Jane Parker. You've got Lily Tomlin is um, May. Chris Pine is Peter Parker. Yeah, for what, the three minutes? The three so minutes he's... that he's in it before Kingpin beats the shit out of him. Leave Schreiber plays Kingpin. Oh, absolutely great voice casting um, on that. And then, then you've got a couple of um, uh, incidental voices played by Oscar Isaacs from Star Wars. You've got Post Malone plays yeah. one of the voices. He and plays also, the bystander, right? yeah. uh, where he's like, I think it's a Banksy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and he's also um, does like the song that everybody knows from it, wow. Sunflower. Sunflower. Um, and of course, the late, great Stan Lee is in this film. So what did we think of this, Josh? You're a, you're a Marvel guy. Tell us what you thought of this. Just excuse um, me for a sec. Okay. That's how I feel about the movie. Um, <laughs> no, this, this is something um, all week... When I find something I really like, uh, I find it hard to go back and rewatch because I know once I rewatch it or once I watch all of it, it's done. The magic's gone. Yeah, it is. It kind of is in a way. You can go rewatch it and stuff like that. Don't get um, married, bro. Just kidding. So yeah, it's um, it's something I've been meaning to get back in to rewatch this week, and then I finally sat down yesterday. It was raining. It was a sign. I went down and re- I sat down for a rewatch. And I started taking notes. Um, but this is a movie that there are so many Easter eggs in this film. I found myself, it's it's an hour and 52 minutes. It's it's almost two hours uh, in length. I think it's 147. Yeah. And it flies by. Yeah. yeah, and it goes really, really quickly. It's it paced really by. well. But I sat there for probably four hours, stopping and starting the movie. Cool. Picking up all these little things um, that... You like I I saw a few little things in the cinema. I was like, I need to when this comes to like physical launch. I need to be able to stop and watch these. Show us some of your eggs, Josh. Um, the number forty two is thrown out there. Literally, probably the first scene you see. It's on the spider. It's on the lotto ball that yeah. it goes into the draw for. Uh, he smashes he into a sign. Smashes into numbers fall and number yeah, two come down. Through, numbers yeah. fall down. Uh, he's at forty two second street. Uh, forty seconds. Um, street station where he goes underground. So go. what's the forty two thing? Um, the, I, I, no, it, it was it was just put as the specimen. Was on it said so as his universe number, like Marvel six one six? Is that Miles's universe I, he falls into? I actually read that it was just the it was just a play on the Spider Man. Like, maybe they watched Lost and just figured, hey, they'd go for well, throw yeah. a number in there. Maybe, maybe they like um, uh, what's it called? Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Yeah, and it's the meaning of life. Yeah, yeah Spider Man. There you go. Um, <laughs> there's there was so many cool things. What I did really like about this as well, it's everyone knows Spider Man. It's the same as Batman in a way. They didn't harp on this origin story. Um, what I did like, they kept it really short, brief, comedic, um, fun, um, to, to say it really briefly. Um, but every time they did then introduce, uh, spoilers, uh, like a different spider-related character, they, it was a different spin. It was something new that people hadn't experienced before. Yeah. And, and I probably would say that the marketing and, and comic books and merchandise for all these things will pick up dramas- like drastically yeah. because people want to know more. Mm-hmm. They got this tiny little bit um, of this character then they're like, six, Spider-Gwen, Spider-Ham, um, Spider-Man Noir, um, Penny Parker from the future. Uh, all these cool little characters that they got a little bit of a taste for that they then want to go into further detail. And I would say that the minute they probably finish this movie, they've gone, we've got a sequel on our hands. Yeah, yeah, for well, sure. Oh, sure. Really cool. You have a full like, um, build-up universe on this shit. Yeah. Um, Easter eggs that I caught that I 
don't know if you guys caught that I really wanted to when I saw it in cinemas go back and watch it is when you see uh, Dr. Doc Ock or uh, Dr. Olivia, Olivia yeah. uh, which is really well, uh, I guess, uh, thrown in really early when he's going into his, uh, his uh, physics class yeah. or whatever it is. But when he walks in, the movie's paused and her name's cut off. Yeah, uh, it, it just her. says Dr. Olivia yeah, and he blocks the, the Ock Octavius. Bit, which is, I think, oh. really, really cool. Yeah. Um, there's heaps of imagery as well for his uncle, Aaron, the Prowler. His, his shirt has a uh, panther on it, like oh, a, a tiger. His artwork in spray paint and stuff in the background, another panther-like tiger. That's interesting. Uh, he's got punching bag gear. He's got weapons. He's got a lot of money in this apartment, in this probably really expensive place. And you're like, it's never really explained what he does for work. No, like, yeah. How does he no, have all this money? It is explained. It is, is it? explained that he's an engineer. Oh, yeah, he, he does... He, he says he did a job underground. I'm like, yeah, it's it, what you're it was, it was a you job. He said he, was, he did an engineering job underground, so you must yeah. think he's actually smart. And the way he jumps over that fence, hmm. it's just like... Yeah, he's got the acrobatics. Yeah. He's got all these things to tie into it. Um, but the, the scene I'm talking about is Doc Ock's computer. When it is covered, she's... Uh, it killed me because she's, she's so unorganized. This yeah. desktop with, with photos and screen names and all these things uh, that are just there. Some of the Easter eggs I caught were uh, Fantasy League question mark. Uh, maybe tying into the Justice League or maybe taking a piss take of that. One called Secret Plans. Um, oh, like yeah, Secret these Wars? Uh, no, just Secret Plans. Like, oh, just, you yeah. know, she's got Secret Plans, uh, like a folder called that. Uh, Alt Dimensions. Um, <laughs> okay, so it was all uh, given One called Pool Party. I just thought that was funny. Maybe <laughs> she's having a good time. Uh, files underscore for evil. Um, <laughs> Ock Notes, Mask Design, Doomsday. Um, wow. Uh, spiders question mark. Uh, powers, um, all these cool little things that I was like, you know, she's researching into. We know the spider came from Alchemax. Um, you know, she's just unorganized and yeah. throwing everything on the desk pocket and it gave me the shit. So I, I really wanted to kind of pile through That's that. That's cool. I, 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 I didn't notice any of that. Check it out. It's 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 definitely there. It's readable. Uh, pull it up on a screen, stand in front of your TV like an awkward person like I was doing. And my roommate walked in and was like, what are you doing? And I'm like, oh, just making some notes. Hey, Lamo, um, don't watch TV so close. Yeah, I had square eyes after that. But no, yeah, very, very easy enough to see. But... He's just sitting in front of the door like on um, Scott Pilgrim when he's waiting for the Amazon package. Yeah, he's waiting for that package. <laughs> when will the hot girl turn up? Yeah. Um, <laughs> Another really cool thing I liked is when the uh, the multiverse is opened, you see the original, all five of them burst out of the multiverse. Um, if you pause it, and you get, they're all associated with a different color and they kind of all shoot off different directions. Um, I do have um, something or more of a plot hole or question, yeah, but I'll, I'll let you guys maybe have a, have a talk about it first and then we'll come back to that. See if you can maybe point it out or give me a run through of it. Yeah. See if maybe I've, Go for it. I've just understood it. I'm ready. Um, well, uh, uh, the, the Gwen, right? So yeah. she's in, she's in the school a week before Miles. So she's very much said, ah, oh, that started a week ago. Yeah. Um, when we get her origin story with the comic book cover and she goes back being like, I arrived a week earlier. So did she time travel back a week before everyone else because you see them all come out at the exact same time or did all five Spider-Ham, Spider-Man Noir, the OG or Spider-Man well. did they early. all come out a week earlier and they've kind of just spent a week I guess Spider-Man Noir, Penny Parker all going to Peter well, they Parker's found their way house. To, they found, their, they way found their way there Peter Parker was obviously watching the funeral uh, of himself which would have been morbid as yeah. fuck um, you know and, and Gwen just decided to go to school because that's what a Spider-Sense sent is that more of a... Holy shit. Because yeah. they went I, back... I, I did not put that together. It, it's very much said that she travelled back a week 
in time she arrived and then she was a week early so why would you go to, would you go to school exactly <laughs> like, I, 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 think that, I think that her spider sense led her to miles yeah, yeah. It, it led her i guess they're trying to connect them and that's that's the thing but did they all arrive at the same time it's not a plot hole if they all arrived at the same time only because you see them all arrive at the same time but i guess you know you got a week to do whatever you want they would have been suffering i guess for a week is it's yeah. not safe for them to be in this dimension for a long, time. Uh, for long yeah. periods of time it's more so i think you know you'd be trying to work out your uh, solution straight away her going to school surely you'd see her glitch out a little bit they have a bit of uh i guess their own dimension trying to pull them back or something like that as yeah. well i find that to be an interesting thing hmm, yeah. but there, there is a lot of foreshadowing but a lot of stuff that's played off really well and on multiple rewatches you get that payoff as well. Um, you can watch back and go, oh, that's what that was for. So the Easter, and it's funny you say that about foreshadowing because one of the things that I find really interesting about it is that at the end, when uh, and, and again, if you're still listening and you haven't seen it, sorry, but this is just it. But when you see um, Miguel O'Hara at the end, the Spider Man of twenty ninety nine, it's like I sat there and I went, I should have known this was going to happen because in the tradition, in the normal Marvel universe, Alchemex doesn't exist. And that spider is says Alchemex 42 on it. Alchemex is a company, I think Roxxon buyout, like the Allen Chemical Company or something in, in an issue of Spider-Man. And they become Alchemex in 2099. So that's like the Alchemex stuff is actually from his universe. So there's, a, there's a, that foreshadowing in. of of Miguel's going to end up there eventually. Literally in the first scene. In the Alch- first it scene. It says yeah. Alchemex 42 yeah. on the spider and then you get the the lotto ball number. So. so Josh, out of five web shooters, what would you give this? This is really hard because I try not to make anything perfect. Um, but for something to start off on, I, I really, really did enjoy it. This is something I, I, I physically bought. Um, I paid the damn premium price for a nice mm, steel book cover steel book. that looks brilliant. Um, looking to upgrade to 4K in the future for it because it's just one of those movies. Um, it's hard to say, but I'm probably going to start with a five. It, it is cool. a solid it movie. Like start off, yeah. um, start start off strong. And, and it is a strong, strong movie. Agreed. Um, it feels fresh. It feels original. Um, really fun time. Yeah. Really fun time watching it. So Shane, you're, you're a DC guy. What did you get out of this? I absolutely fucking love this movie. Oh, burn! Yeah. The DC boys burnt. Yeah, I have gushed. One of us. I have gushed about this movie <laughs> ever since I after I watched it last week. Had a really nice win at win at soccer. That's uh, football for those people who are listening as well. Um, went home, had a nice fancy beer, sat down on the lounge, uh, put a blanket on, and I just got lost in this movie. It is a true comic book fan made this movie. Oh yeah, it oh, is. Yeah. It is visually stunning. The voice acting is on point. The story is on point. The like the bonds in this in this story is just so heartwarming, and I picked up a lot of things as well that I loved about it. I could barely pick on anything that I didn't like about it. Mm, same. Um, we didn't give a shout out to Uncle Aaron, Mashallah Ali from Moonlight. Oh, I don't know what else he's from. He was amazing. His that voice. Yeah. That that. Hey, hey. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. I'm gonna try that. I'm the only single one here, but hey, if that um works, um, episode put it, put two, it you know, yeah. give it, it a go. It doesn't work. It doesn't yeah. work. I, I tried it on my <laughs> wife last night. I got in the bed and put my hand on my shoulder and went, "Hey," and she went, "No." No. <laughs> That's why the blankets are on the lounge. Yes. <laughs> yeah, like like it was just there's so many things I picked up on this. Like just the the graphics in this, the way it goes from two D to three D, and yep. just like the, the like the comic bubbles about how he's like just like wigging out about his spider senses. You know, like as soon as he gets it, he, the, the word bubble stick come up. He's like, you notice oh. that he's like, after he yeah. gets his yeah. powers. A- am mm. I going slow motion or is that in my head? Stuff like that. It was just 
oh, it was just such a good thing to watch. And I've been gushing about it to people at work, my wife, to you guys. It's just, it's one of these movies that people need to see. Yep. It's, it, it's a much needed movie like to, that people like who are true fans, not even true fans. Anybody can fucking see this movie. Yep. And it is one of the, it's great. And I'm giving that a straight five now. You have yep. to ask me at the end. So a few of the things that I picked up on, um, the first thing was the detail to uh, Miles Morales' Nikes was crazy. Oh, yeah. And like his like, Nike high tops were just fucking insane. Like, so the Nike store in Sydney had, a, had those for sale? I heard in America that had the same things. Do you know well. how many pairs that they had the Sydney store? Two. Two. There you go. Two pairs yeah. of shoes. And apparently there was a line out the front. My, my boss at work is a huge Spider-Man fan and she was like, I'm trying to get to get to them. She lives in Canberra. So I'm trying to get to get to them. No chance. Yeah, no way. Um, yeah, I said Mahasha Ali, he played Uncle Aaron, like he's from Moonlight, if anybody hasn't seen that, he won an Academy Award for Best Supporting oh, Actor, really? I believe, great dude, and he was in Alita, I don't know if you've ever seen that, he was the villain, Avenger. yeah, yeah oh, he was in that, was he? Yeah. Okay. Um, another really funny thing that I saw, which is like the premise of every Spider-Man movie is, as soon as he gets bitten, it does that big thing of going through his body and all these yeah. cells, and it just cuts after two seconds and he just flicks the spider off like it's nothing. He's just like, bing! Yeah, there, there, <laughs> just, there, there was none of that... <laughs> he's just like he's like get the fuck off yeah and he just yeah. walks away um yeah and the word bubbles coming off like all that stuff the slow motion um why are my thoughts so loud uh, yeah it was just and the kicking in of that like i felt that that was like the kicking in of yeah. the um the spidey sense yeah and like the comic book that his roommate i was hoping his roommate was ned leeds I, uh, yeah. no it's um it's uh a, a something league a grun he's actually a Miles Morales' wow. roommate. He's a Korean guy and he, he acts as like his, you know, micro from Punisher. Nice. He acts oh, as he's, his, he's his tech guy. Okay. But it turns out that I, I think the 42 thing as well goes into mm. play that Miles Morales is the first African-American Spider-Man where Jackie Robinson was the first African-American baseball player and he was number 42. Oh. Oh. Yeah. If, if that's it. Deep, cool little mother. Deep, deep cuts. Check out the big brain on bread. Oh, oh, shout out to Pulp Fiction. <laughs> See, yeah. nerds can know sports. Yeah. All right. So, sports? and also that the, the fact that it had the comics code authority at, at the start. That. start. That was a great, yeah, great call. Um, all right. Let's talk about the phone contacts. Yeah. So actually, no, what before that, sorry. I noticed a great, a great piece of information that I was hoping nobody would say because I wanted to say it. As soon as he enters Uncle Aaron's place, he is doing the dishes or making dinner. On the TV behind him is the episode of Community, season two, episode one, where Donald Glover is getting outside of the bed in Batman pajamas. No, Spider Man pajamas, pajamas yeah. because he was trying to be Miles Morales. And well, there, there was a there was a hashtag oh, lover for Spider Man thing, yeah. wasn't there? Well, he was the reason that a, a Miles Morales was made by. Um, Did he by play the Avengers. voice as well in yes. like one of the Avengers anima- cartoons yeah, in, yeah. or something? Animated, animated yeah. yeah. So he's actually watching that episode, like, That's but cool. in animated form. And I was nice. like, oh my god, so good. Um, yeah. So the phone contacts. Obviously, I saw the Brian Bendis. Yep. I saw the S Dicko when his dad is calling. Yep. I saw a Dinah L. You know, Dinah Lance. Yeah, I don't. I think that's way too weird not to be a thing. It's, like, it's very Dinah is a very or like Dina Dina Lance. Like mm, mm, I yeah. saw it, and um, and there was one called Ezekiel. Ez- Ezekiel. No, nothing. Yeah, not All right, I want to. I want to leave that with you just in I mean, case. In, in in that phone, there was also a S. Pacelli too. Okay, Sarah Pacelli who. And wrote there was also a Romita Ramen. Okay, cool, yeah. nice. Um, another thing I picked up was that he did not have the same last name as his dad. On his um, on his dad's name badge, it says Davis. Everyone seems to think that's a plot Morales. It, it's yeah. like, no. I actually um, I did a bit of research on that, and it turns out that his dad 
actually did some um, spy work for S.H.I.E.L.D. before Miles Morales was born. And his dad didn't want him to have his same last okay, name. Okay, cool. Just, just to keep him protected. So that's where... Because I, I saw that. I'm like, wait. That's not Love you, son. Yeah. But I think the whole key with this movie is that you don't have to be... Um, like, you know, physically related to have that bond as a family. Yeah, as you can see at the last bit of the movie when everyone comes into it. But in terms of, like, you know, just the, the comedy genius of Jake Johnson as Peter B. Oh, Parker, yeah. that scene where it's like, you know, I was in my, I was in my, um, my, my apartment doing push-ups, getting big, and he's just eating pizza. Yeah. Like, you know. That's totally me. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like he's lost his track, his way of being Spider-Man. It's taken Miles Morales to show him how... Who knew nothing yeah, to yeah. then... To, to sh- yeah, to show him, you know, like, to, like, you know... To be to want to be Spider Man, you know how much you are doing for people. Because... I think the loss of MJ oh, is a loss of Mojo harsh, as well. Oh, Mojo, oh MJ, Mojo, stop that. Oh, weird. Yeah, I like that. Um, and just as soon as those other Spider Spider Man come in, you know when Spider Man Noir's hanging from the thing with the mm. wind blowing, he's like, "Why is the wind there? Yeah, are we in a basement? He's in black and white. Yeah, yeah. And, the, and the whole Rubik's Never. cube stunt. Yeah, yeah. It was just like everything in that movie. I just I didn't want it to end. Same. And like I've already gone back and watched it, you know, two and a half, three times, and. That Stanley tribute. Oh, my eyes Stanley out. tribute. Yeah. Just my, uh, my eyes out. Obviously, when when this movie had been uh, shot and filmed, and obviously with the late passing of uh, Stanley, um, rest in peace. Um, he's obviously still got uh, his Endgame cameo. Uh, he had he, he's got a Captain Marvel one as well, uh, and his Spider Man Far Far From Home one as well. Um, so far, I correct me if I'm wrong, or give me your opinion. But this one felt so important and it so was. much, so much deeper because you've had his his passing himself. So having talked to you by, beyond the screen, but then about a death of a character in the movie yeah. to someone who's dealing with loss, um, and then more loss to come felt like such a. And then talking to the audience directly just felt like such a. When he when he said we were friends, because yeah. like you know that's like people will associate Spider Man with. Stanley forever. Yeah. And that's it. But really, like, I, I, it hit a nerve as well, like, like a really sad, like, you know, tear to my eye was Steve Dicko. Because he only passed, what, six, seven months ago as yeah, well. Yeah, June. June Yeah, June. and it was really sad because I heard that he had no family, he had no wife, he had no kids, you know, he was just... You know, well, he, from what I understand, Ditko cut himself off from people. Like, he never did interviews, he just shied away from everything. He could have put his hand up, and he was one of the surviving old fellas, he could have put his hand up and went... Yeah, I want to start being in this shit as well. As long as Bill, Bill, Bill Finger, Bob Kane deal, yes. Yeah, yeah, you know. So, yeah, it's it's very sad. So, yeah. you, you give it a five, do you? I give it a five. It was... I, I, I can't floor it. You know, I'm not, I'm not the biggest Marvel fan, clearly, but this movie was everything that I think a, a, a comic book movie should be. This wasn't a fan service so much as to let's do some stupid shit. This was... I'm a real comic book fan. Let's 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 make yeah. this true, and that's exactly what they did. Agreed. And the, the colors in this, and the I feel like the fight scenes they they were trying to do that in Amazing Spider-Man Two: Rise of Electro with all, all like the soundtrack and the colors. That's what I feel like it should have been. Yep. But they did this perfectly. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, I, I'm I'm the same as you guys. Five solid five out of five for me. Um, I for my website the to watch pile, to watch pile dot com. Um, for that I actually reviewed Sin City the other night, and I was thinking about how. There hasn't been, even though the Marvel movies are great and the DC movies have, have mostly been good and all the rest of it, there, there hasn't been, Sin City was like, they made an animated, live action animated version of a comic. Deadly little Miho. There is, there is not much in that that isn't related directly to the comic. There's a couple of colour choices that are made that weren't done in the comic, but it's as accurate. No, it's very accurate. It's as accurate, it's the pages of the comic. This, I felt, did the same thing. Um, and even though the story was a brand new story, 
it did the same thing. You felt like you were watching a comic in motion. Um, a couple of things that I really noticed about this film that, that stood out for me. The character design. They did some stuff in this. And, and, it, and it's down to stupid things. Like, Mile accidentally has to have his... He gets his... When he's not got control of his powers, he accidentally pulls some of Gwen's hair out. And they have to shave it off. She's got this cool undercut the next time you, the next time you see her. And as a design choice, that's amazing. People sell eyebrow rings, apparently. Yeah, yeah that's right. <laughs> in her universe, they're yeah, in right? even, even down to the gap between her teeth. The teeth. Yeah. Um, they could have just made her like this classic superhero, statuesque, busty, long-legged sort of thing that we all love. But no, they went for it. She was a teenage girl that had a gap between her teeth, and that was amazing. And, and it, also, when, when you go to MJ, uh, when, when, the, when you see Mary Jane, she's a redhead in the comics, but it never occurs to you that being a redhead, she's probably quite freckly. And they, they, they yeah. totally freckled they her up, freckles, and that yeah. was cool. So, like, she was... Um, they, they flawed... The way, they put a flaw in the way all these people look. They didn't look like these perfect human beings that comic characters tend to be. Um, and, and I think that that was really cool. The other thing I really loved, and, and I'll, I'll just continue with the design thing, was when Olivia Octavius, Octavius became yeah. Dr. Ock, when she put her dreadlocks up, her head actually became the shape of an octopus. Oh, shit. So it had that. like the high point. And then her goggles were like the, the eyes of an octopus that sit slightly to the side. So she actually, her head actually turned into the shape of an octopus. Just with her pulling her hair up and tying it at the top. Peter's like, your dark arc, I presume? Yeah. <laughs> and, and like, just the little design stuff like that was so amazing. The other thing I liked is, as we all know, I'm a soundtrack collector by the, all of the records that you see behind you. Post Malone. Um, no, more, more important than that, every Spider-Man had their own soundtrack. Yeah, I, I was going to mention that once you finished. I'm like, every single character looks like they had their own unique art style. It's like they had a different department said, you're only touching this one character, yep. their unique art style, their own soundtrack, uh, their own mannerisms, like yeah. all this really, really cool stuff. But Yeah, yeah. No, yeah, no, I'm glad exactly. you picked up as well. It was very, very obvious. The, um, like you, you, every time you see Spider-Ham, you get a 1940s Warner Brothers sort of a sound. And they every time you see Gwen, well. it's, it's yeah. heavy metal because she's a drummer of a, a band called the Mary Janes in her world. So there's... Every single Spider-Man has a different soundtrack. And so when they're fighting, there's the big fight scene. Elements of all of that sound, all of those different musical choices all come together. And it's, it's amazing. And that, that sort of really made it. I, 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 like, I'm, I'm really sorry, Disney, but like, this is my Marvel movie. I'm going to say, one thing we haven't mentioned is fucking Aunt May basically being Lucius Fox. <laughs> How they go out to that shed and it turns into the fucking yeah. Batcave. Yeah. And they go down there and Spider-B Parker's like... Yeah, mine's exactly like this, except smaller. I don't have that. Yeah. Oh, and, and the throwback to the spider buggy. Oh, the Jeep. The goes, spider yeah. bike. Yes. Um, and, and all of the different costumes. And there this one a, has a cape. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I think that was like the Spider King costume that he had. And all of those spider costumes were sort of relevant. There's the so. new uh, Spider-Man suit from the PS4 game that came out a few months earlier. That they it's like the in, second one. Yeah, uh, right in the middle, uh, along with a lot of the suits you can unlock in that game, which is really cool. Yeah. What do you uh, think of Kingpin? Uh, Leif Schreiber's voice was amazing. So good. Um, and I like the fact that they designed him after the Bill Sikiewicz. Yes. Um, the, the, the big... He's just like this gigantic fat ball with a head it in it. It looks like he has a cool mint, like as a head. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's exactly Seeing it. smacked on the head. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, there was the, the bad guys too. Nothing that I hated about the design of it. Um, Tombstone looked fantastic. First time I've ever um, seen him on screen. 
Like, yeah, I don't think yeah, I've, yeah, I've never seen him act. Uh, in the game most recently, is his Whoa, yeah, he's he's spoilers, dude. <laughs> Still wrapped up in my house, dude. Ah, uh, well, keep yeah, going. Get on it. Get yeah. on that game. My God. Yeah. What I like about Kingpin, um, you know, this is no disrespect to the late Michael Clark Duncan, but we all know that Daredevil film, you know, obviously wasn't the best. No issue for Ben Affleck. He was just given a shit script. Um, <laughs> he was basically just a, a big guy in a suit. But the way Vince, Vincent D'Onofrio, D'Onofrio played him in um, Daredevil yeah. was fucking amazing because he is just a man-child. He is like, you know, this like um, he's got so much emotion in him, but he doesn't know how to express it. Mm. And then this lovely lady comes along, Vanessa, and he only knows how to talk to this person. And then when he get, they, they get, that gets taken from him, he's doing everything he can to take it back. And there's a scene in, in the Spider-Verse where um, the original Chris Pine, Peter Parker, is about to die. And he goes... I know, like, I know what you're trying to do, and guess what? It won't work. You can't bring him back. And he just looks at him and just... Pfft, doesn't yeah. want to hear it. It's fucking... Yeah, and it's hard, because I don't, I don't see Kingpin as a villain. He, I, I don't I, either. He's not. He's... he's Except trying to Daredevil. Very much like Thanos. He's just trying to do what he does... Is he snapping fingers? No. Nah, well, I, I, I think Kingpin... That. I think um, the, the thing that you can give with... With um, the old space Hitler Thanos, is that at least <laughs> at, at least at least oh. what Thanos is doing? Thanos is actually, um, it's not selfish. Mm. He's not going. I want more resources. He's going. We need more resources. I don't know why he couldn't have clicked his fingers and doubled the amount of resources. That would have been smarter. Um, but then we don't get this great movie in a month, so you know. Well, yes. let's hope it's. Well, great. we all know Scarlet Witch would just shoot him in the head. Apparently. <laughs> yeah, apparently guns will work against him. Who knows? But. Leave her alone. It's she's working out of frustration, and they can't really show, you know, they can't show her masturbating. It's shooting guns or masturbating. What would you prefer to say? Okay, yeah, let's go on. Yeah. Um, <laughs> okay, so we, we've decided that Spider Verse is a five out of five, boys. All of us. All of us. Yes. Yep. Nailed it. Cool. So I think. Uh, did you could notice as well that when they talk about this, obviously, drop of great expectations throughout the whole film. Uh, as well, when he has the book called Great Expectation, he's come back, he's been thrown off the spider team, he's not good enough, he goes invisible, comes home, um, he's got that book called Great Expectations. He literally throws the expectations out the window, which I thought nice. was funny. Oh, didn't yeah, I didn't pick up on that. that. And then the book flies back in the window and hits him when everyone comes back to yeah. kind of, I, I, I guess, that. you know, get That's him cool. back, you know, tell him he's not good enough, that he can't be with them this time, and he has that heart to heart with his dad, which really spurs him on. Yeah, to to rise above and really take on his own iconic yeah. role as yeah. Miles Morales is Spider Man. There can I, be more than one. I did like the other kickoff thing is when he did his spray painting. It said no expectations. Yes, and and, and like that was um such a that was so much his uncle Aaron. I think in America they say Aaron. Yeah, Aaron. yeah. Well, they say anyone Aaron. can wear the suit. Like anyone can be a hero. It eventually yeah. fits. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And what I really liked was that he was using the comic books as an instruction manual. He's like, yeah. go, go up to the top of the building, jump off, and then it just cuts to him running down the stairs, looking back up, running back up. But as soon as he takes that leap at the end, when he's actually wearing the outfit, I fucking lost it. it the was, tone it, of the movie, yeah. like the visuals change as well. Yeah. Like instead of falling down, he's going up, he's rising above, he's... he's... And, and even down to that, that scene where they show him in full confidence, they film it upside down. So you see that there's, the, there's this ascension Rather than a dissension, yeah. even though he's even going the words going up the, the screen, like ah, oh, he's like, he's excited instead of falling. Going, yeah. I, I legit thought when I walking up that like walking up the building together, I just thought of the nineteen sixty six Batman thing, like like, <laughs> the, 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 like the, yeah, the Dutch tilt. Come on, old chum. <laughs> the Dutch yeah. tilt. But that post credit scene with Oscar Isaac as the Spider Man. Did please say you guys watched it? The the post credit scene. Yes. The yes. Miguel O'Hara one. Yeah. 
Wait, are you talking about how he's in like the animated from the Yes, from yeah, the, yeah, the, yeah. The, the, the second yeah. one, yeah. You're the one pointing yes. at me. Why you keep pointing at me? Stop pointing at me. Yeah, oh, but that's point. Isn't that Oscar Isaac in that Spider Man scene? Oh, I don't know if that is. It's Os- Oscar Isaac. Is it? Yes. Okay, cool. If he plays Miguel O'Hara, so I'm totally cool. Yes, it's him. Yes, it's so good. Well, he's going to have nothing to do with after this next Star Wars film comes out, so he might as well be in Spider-Verse 2. <laughs> the only, the only other thing as well throughout the movie, which I don't get the reference to, and if you guys pick it up, awesome, point it out to me, but uh, in my three and a half hour, four hour rewatch, the word visions reappears it did, it did everywhere. Come up, it did come up a lot, on didn't it? Buildings, on buildings, on, on, the, on, the, on, on the signs, yeah. on bridges. What was the name of the school? The school, that? but this is like... Miles away, like underground. Whoa, miles Morales away? Yeah. Oh. Um, sides of the buildings, and not just the school. It's it was on coffee cups. It was on mm. everything. On on oc- I hope it's not vision screen. from the Avengers. He sucks. No, um, <laughs> hey, he's a cool guy. He's definitely not. Um, he's a, but no, no, I just didn't know if there was anything more to that or <laughs> give it a go. Yeah, he didn't get dusted at least, right? He's, yeah, he's, he's one. Well, well that's interesting. If anybody knows. Vision is a toaster with a dick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking your computer. Okay, cool. Okay, so we've hit the last part of the of the podcast, um, the end game, uh-huh. if you will, um, and I'm going to test Josh and Shane on. I've got five questions for them. And uh, we'll do this every episode and we'll um, see at the end of the year who is the winner. Who's the comic maestro? Now, most of this stuff refers to stuff we've talked about in the episode. Have you seen my beer pile? Uh, you've, it's a hefty pile. I'll Not an that. excuse because yeah. I don't have one. So. Yeah. <laughs> so let's just say that Josh won and go from there. Yeah. Okay, so are we ready? So what I want you to do is for your buzzers, just say your name. Shane. Yeah. So, question number one. What TV show did the Wonder Twins first appear in? Shane. Go for it. Super Friends. Yes! yes. Fucking beers. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now, now, now this is a long and involved question, this one. Okay. In April 1940... The first issue of Batman was published, and in addition to the Joker, it featured two other famous Bat villains. Who were they? Josh, because I'm just going to guess. Go. Was it the Penguin? Oswald Copperpot? No. And, okay, well, there you go. Shane, come on. I have to draw a blank on that. Just, just so you know, Shane is the Batman fan. No. No. Okay, so you're both done. So it was, uh, I just put a line there because no one got one. So it was um, Catwoman, but she was called the Cat. Oh. And Hugo Strange. Okay. Hugo Strange and his monster men. Okay. If we ever have comments for this section, I'm fucked. (laughs) 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 Question three. Spider-Verse is dedicated to two former Marvel employees. Shane Josh. Shane got it. Stan Lee and Steve Ditko. Steve Ditko. Yeah. Don't say that after me, bro. I got it, man. <laughs> nah, you gotta be quicker, Josh. Nah. Okay. I didn't want to yell into the mic. I don't well, yell into the people. Mic. Oh, okay. What is the name of Sabrina the Teenage Witch's cat? Shane. Oh, Shane, was it? Is he on a timer here? Shit. No, he's got it. Go. Cool, it's Josh, and its name is Salem. Josh. Black. Damn it. Well played, Black so. talking cat. I was gonna say Willow. Damn, Willow. <laughs> <laughs> you bitch. Yeah, Willow's just Willow's my bad. cat, by the way, people. <laughs> Um, okay, oh, this is one that we've talked about, but that's okay. Alchemex, the Megacorps. Did <laughs> you don't even know 42. what to call? No! Oh. You get the rest of the question, Josh. 
The Megacorp in Spider-Verse is introduced in what comic? Uh, oh, the name of the comic? Or... Yeah, name of the comic. Not the issue. It's the name of the comic. It's... We just spoke about it. It's from the future, from 2099. Yeah. Uh, is it just... It's Spider-Man 2099, is it? Josh gets a win. Oh, no! No, it sounded like a trick question. <laughs> you guys have got two each, so I need to come up with... I should have had a. I should have had an extra question. God damn it. Damn Salem! <laughs> <laughs> um... Okay, well, here's an extra question to try and even it up. Um, what was the name of the publisher of Marvel Comics when they first started? Come on. You can hear the silence in the room. Yeah. Shane, go. Timely Comics? That's not the name of the publisher. Oh, the okay. actual human being who was the publisher. That was the name of the company, but who was the publisher? Yeah, give me credit for that one. Fuck. Nah, no half points here. <laughs> uh, here I am thinking, okay, we're going to be asking you about something today, and... Well, you threw me, because I, I thought yeah. that you guys would get that out of the other ones. Um, okay, what then, was it? Uh, Martin Goodman. That was nowhere near my head, mate. Um, okay, wow. Uh, what's the name of the city that Shazam lives in? Shane? Oh, it's a stupid it? name. I thought Chicago. No, no. It, you mentioned it before. It's some uh, vil, some stupid. It's named after the comic company that originally published Shazam. You mentioned it, and all I see, all I can see when I think of this city now, is from the movie trailer. Him walking over the bridge where the trains are going underneath, and there's something in the background that has the name on it. Yeah, I feel like it's ten letters. It's probably not, but. Justin's no. there counting on his fingers. <laughs> maybe I, maybe I can't count. Fawcett City. Fawcett. Because oh. I was thinking of taps and sinks and a stupid... <laughs> We're just going to call it even. What We're a just gonna call stupid it. name. I'm sorry, but Fawcett Episode City. one, no one wins. Um, we just say we're tied. We didn't say no one wins. No one won. It wasn't a tie. There's, there's no that, losers. I've had That's about good. nine years, dude. You sharpen up. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay, so we might sign off now. Um, if you'd like to check out my Instagram, it is... At the Nerds of Oz. Shane, what about you? Mine is Batfleck44. Why 44? My lucky number is four, and somebody already stole that, so I need to get another one on there. <laughs> somebody already had Batfleck4. No, so I think there was like a certain amount of like, like you know, you have to get the characters yeah. and all that stuff, so I was just like 44. Okay, fair yeah. enough. And Josh, explain to us your... Uh, now, this is going to blow your mind, people. We, we had lunch before um, we uh, started recording, and um, Josh, who I've never consumed any sort of food stuff with before, actually asked for something quite specific about his pizza. Josh, if you could tell us what was so interesting about your pizza. All right, people. Uh, it's it's not that strange. Uh, some people don't. It's some people are strange. afraid of spiders. Just say your Instagram name, Josh. <laughs> <laughs> people are afraid of spiders. Say your Instagram name. Anyway, uh, Instagram name is at sauceless white boy. Um, <laughs> I don't like sauce. So there you go. I'm white. I don't like sauce on my sausage roll. Like, I don't have them often, but I've never had a sausage roll with sauce on it or a... I really have pies either. There you go. See, my my thing is with that is if I buy a pie from a shop and they immediately say to me, do you want sauce with that? My first question is, what's wrong with the flavour of the pie? Ooh. See, yeah. I don't really eat pies. Like, so what, why, are you covering, like, why are you covering the taste of rotted meat? Secrets. Mad Matt literally drove two hours for a pie. Do you like salsa? All right, so second part to why it's also <laughs> called that, guys, is... Well, there's what we call, I was hoping this wouldn't get brought up, but Justin's now 
provokes it. Uh, so anyway, there's a source test. Um, if you put it in a cup, turn it upside down, if gravity immediately makes it fall out, it's like a liquid, soy sauce, water, any beverage, yes, it's fine. It's, if, it's the consistency. If it slowly runs down the side of the cup, uh, it doesn't move at all. Gravity keeps it in there like a goop. Uh, I'm not going to touch it. That's, <gasps> what the fuck, man? That's weird. <laughs> that's weird, dude. I love that. We, we've got to come up with weird stuff that's wrong with us so we can prove that we're as mental as what he is. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> there'll, there'll be a line of people at the door to like say that shit. Yeah. So, uh, if so it's the viscosity of sauce that you don't like. So a runny thing like soy sauce you're good with? Yeah, I'll eat sushi with my soy sauce. I'll dip it in all day long. No problem. See, I'll... I don't eat soy sauce. I despise that shit. Okay, I've got to ask a question then. Do you have topping on ice cream? Okay, we're not Oh, gonna... here we go. This this is going to open up a, a multiverse, quite, quite literally, <laughs> nice, of questions. Like the source um, verse. On, on, on flavors and do I eat it on certain things? We can come back to this next no, time. Fuck. Okay, cool, yeah. There's, there's plenty to it. There's enough to cover a few episodes, I'm sure. So and... from now on, the podcast is going to have sourceless white boys, why I don't eat that shit section. Yeah, basically. Holy shit, fantastic. I'm off an outline there. <laughs> so- okay, fellas, well, thank you so much, the Josh. The source saga. The source saga. The source of Oz. Yeah. Josh, thank you so much for coming. Shane, thank you for being here too. Um, hope you enjoyed the podcast. We'll hopefully record our next episode quite soon. Take care in the meantime. See ya. See you guys.